It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I don't know that. But I don't like it when things are going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, like, you know that wrestling bro. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome episode 272 of the straight shooters my name is vaughn johnson and i'm joined as always by my main man pots and pans nick bacon the philly voice and philly influencer and we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight because this weekend it's going to be all about love right valentine's day this weekend it's on sunday and everybody's gonna be in love on valentine's day it's the first valentine's day of the of the pandemic so hopefully you're getting all this love in in a safe way in multiple ways obviously um but since it's valentine's day week coming up weekend nick and i my main man pots of pants decided to deep dive dive deep into all that love that happened on february 14th 1999 saint valentine's day massacre presented by the world wrestling federation of course to the Preeminent force or whatever they called themselves back then. Preeminent force in sports entertainment, whatever it was. But yes, we're going to dive deep into the 1999 St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which of course is headlined by a steel cage match by Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. But before we get into all of that, I got to do my weekly check on my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Cone. How are you doing tonight, my good brother? Uh, just getting ready for another snowstorm and... Uh... This weather is nuts, man. It's supposed to snow 10 of the next 14 days or something like that. Nice. That's in the forecast. It's like, come on, man. I am not ready for this. Uh, it's February, and I don't think I'll ever be ready for it, even though I grew up in that and loving it. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, – I'm kind of, like, in a mood. So I might take out some frustrations on tonight's episode uh, with this – darn card we got to go over <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we talked about the weather on the podcast yes, I feel like that was a weekly tradition at one point yeah and uh i'm just you know now there's supposed to be more ice you know coming and making roads even worse than they were and hopefully nobody steals my spot uh when i shovel myself out this time but gotta, it's yeah, supposed to be like, like what a, a two or three day event basically two separate storms it's it's ridiculous you got a lawn chair handy you can you know that's a philly thing you gotta put the lawn chair down uh, i mean i could put one of my deck chairs uh, my patio chairs maybe <laughs> might have to do it bro because that's that's to. in philly that's official if somebody put their lawn chair that's the thing in philly people don't know outside of philly and outside of the country but when it snows here and in order to hold your spot people in philly they will put a chair in that spot like it could be like a lawn chair. It could be a chair out of the dining room. It doesn't matter. You want to hold that spot. And in Philly, that's that's not a legal way to hold your spot. Somebody could just easily move your chair and, yeah. and take your spot. 
But in Philly, that's like an unwritten rule. Like, if, mm-hmm. if my chair is there, if my dining room chair is in the spot, <laughs> you better not touch the spot. It's my spot. Not my dog's spot. <laughs> my spot. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so, the, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I had, I had a funny, I had a, like a funny thing like that, but now I completely forget it. But that was funny. The whole Arn Anderson Moss spot promo. And you gotta like, gotta get that in there. <laughs> Speaking of Arn Anderson, did you see the tweet today from WWE about the best uh, spine buster? I did not. Was they he in there? A, they put up a tweet about the best spine buster in wrestling history. And they put like, who do you think is the best? And they put up all these options, right? Oh, no. Drew McIntyre. I don't like where this is going. Robert Roode. What? Mercedes Martinez. Oh, boy. Apollo Crews. The Rock. <laughs> Triple H. Batista and Ron Simmons. Wow. Conspicuous by his absence is the man who pretty much made the Spine Buster famous. The enforcer. Double A. The founder and the and the and the man who na- gave the name of to the group, the four horsemen. Arn Anderson. How do you I understand he's a different promotion now? But damn, WWE, that's just stupid. He's a, even he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's in your company's Hall of Fame. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, you're going to put Mercedes Martinez. For one, Triple H and Batista both learned their spine busters, and Robert Roo, for that matter. They all do double A spine buster. Yeah. They all do Arn Anderson yeah. spine buster. Like, yeah. Triple H learned that from Arn Anderson. They put Mercedes Martinez in there. And Drew McIntyre, I didn't even know Drew McIntyre did a spine buster. <laughs> Me neither. I guess he added that to his repertoire. But, uh, nah, I mean, like, even Bob Holly had a great spine buster. I'm not talking about the Alabama Slam. I'm talking about an actual spine buster. He did it a few times. I'm surprised he's not on the list. Well, maybe I'm not so surprised. But, uh, yeah, not including Arn Anderson, that, that's ridiculous. I hope that tweet wasn't crafted by our friend Jeff McDevitt. Who's... I don't know, man. <laughs> It's obviously, like I said, it's obviously intentional that they left out Arn Anderson oh, because he's in AEW. Yeah. But it's just stupid. Maybe it was an edict <laughs> uh, from whoever, for whoever made that tweet. It's like you better not put Arn on there. It's like well, right, <laughs> gotta follow orders. But at the it's, same time, you know you're gonna get called out on that. You know, Un- unbelievable. That's one of those times where you're like, I don't like if you're the person had to put this tweet together. You're like, I don't want to, have to do this. Like, gotta <laughs> exactly. put Arn Anderson in here, and yeah. somebody higher up is like, but don't. Because <laughs> he works for the rival company, it's like, but we're going to get spammed with nothing but Arn Anderson. Right, we're going to make exactly. him trend the whole day because we left him out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you know, and and we've had these discussions in my job. It's like sometimes even bad engagement is still engagement. So <laughs> I'm pretty true. sure I this mean, tweet maybe... was probably the most engaged tweet of the day for WWE. Uh, absolutely, you're right about that. Not by me though, because I, I didn't see it apparently. So, man, look, I'm I'm, I'm waiting for that Wentz trade to drop. By the way, I hope we don't have to pause this recording if that happens uh, during our show. So, hopefully not. We'll see. <laughs> I know you. I know you're not going to comment on it, but you're probably like, "What? Are you, what Wentz trade are you talking about?" Like, I have no idea. Yeah, but. <laughs> so I know he's still a Philadelphia Eagle, still in the contract. There you go. So, so I know. But we talked about the weather. We talked about Valentine's Day, which means it's time to dive deep. 
deep dive. The only St. Valentine's Day yesterday. What's that? So day after my birthday, by the way, I turned thirty. By the way, you you know this. You did, yeah. You know Cheer. this. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, my boy Nick. Happy belated. And all the good brothers, Sawyer, the good brother Sawyer, and Tommy Rowan. They all dropped in on a surprise Zoom call that my 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 girlfriend set up. Surprised the hell out of me, but uh, that was dope. So thank you all for doing that. Yeah, that was, got a that good was... one over there. Keeper, how about mm-hmm. that? <laughs> I, I I will do my best, my friend. <laughs> And I'm sure you'll have a nice Valentine's Day with her coming up. Well, yeah. Hopefully better than Miss McMahon's Valentine's Day in <laughs> 1999. Which I'm sure, I mean... The yeah, master of the segue. Still, that's amazing. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, thank you. But on the screen, he didn't have a good Valentine's Day, but I'm sure in his wallet, his bank account was like, yes! <laughs> this is the best Valentine's Day. An absolute crazy era that time i don't care what linda said this is the best valentine's day (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah 1999 saint valentine's day massacre emanated of course valentine's day 1999 february 14th and it emanated from the pyramid in good old memphis tennessee do you recall the pyramid Nick? Uh, not at all. And <laughs> I I know they said on the program, it was like, the I believe, the first pay-per-view ever in, in that arena uh, for the WWF at least. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't remember anything about it. Even, you know, watching it back and even the hardcore match when they were outside and you kind of saw it a little bit. Um, I had no recollection of this building at all. And I know we talked about it before, you know, <laughs> it's now like a Bass Pro Shops and um, I even did like a Google search just to see if the out the outside looked, you know, the same uh, n- now as it did then, and and it does. It looks really cool, honestly. Like I'm kind of mad I don't remember it. You know, places didn't really matter to me back then, except maybe MSG. I was just like, oh, this is gonna be a big big show if it's at MSG, but or or like a WrestleMania from a an arena uh, a stadium. But yeah, the Memphis Pyramid, no recollection of that at all. <laughs> it's like you said it's a very unique building because there's a literal pyramid that just was here in the yeah. united states not in egypt like <laughs> an actual pyramid but it was built by of course you know architects who got inspiration from the pyramids in egypt obviously uh because there is a place in egypt called memphis egypt which is I, when you think about it there have always been some type of i mean there's always been some type of Egyptian connection to Memphis, at least like with sports team names. Because I remember there was an arena football team called the Memphis Pharaohs, I believe it was. Mm. Okay. It's like, well, they probably played at the Pyramid, though, so it made right. sense. But, but yeah, it's very unique uh, architecture, unique structure for, because like I said, it's a literal pyramid. Um, it didn't really make a good building, a great building for basketball when the, the Grizzlies moved to Memphis from Vancouver. I think they had to retrofit it to get basketball in there, but um, yeah, it was a it was a building. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was pretty much the the second major building in Memphis. The first one, I guess, would be the Mid South Coliseum. Um, and then the Pyramid came along, and that was there for a little while. And it had some boxing shows, and of course, it had concerts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the Grizzlies played there for a little bit, and then the Grizzlies was like, "We don't want to play here for too long," so 
we need a new building ASAP. And that's when they got the FedEx form, which is where they still play now. Um, so that pretty much replaced the pyramid as the major arena in Memphis. And like you said, nowadays, the pyramid is a Bass Pro Shops, which is <laughs> kind of, it's probably the best Bass Pro Shops in history. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the people, you know, the, 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 the fishermen and, and the outdoorsmen down and, you know, go down there, probably make a pilgrimage to that one. Because it's like, it's, a, it's an arena. <laughs> like, it's a little arena for Bass Pro Shops. It's like, that's pretty wild. Bass Pro Shops are pretty big in general, from what I've seen, at least. I mean, I've only been on, I should say, <laughs> now it's in Atlantic City. But it's pretty big in there, so I can only imagine what that uh, Bass Pro Shops in Memphis is lo- looking like on the inside. Yeah, and I wonder, like, what made it so difficult for like a basketball court? Like, I don't. That's I what think, I, I don't think it was big enough. Not big enough. I don't think like, they made it quite big enough to fit a full basketball's worth, like a full with the arena and full everything. People, full, and I don't know. And the maybe the baskets. I I know they are. I'm sure there's a special structure to do all that, but yeah, I was like, you know, watching this and kind of, you know, kind not really paying attention at the time, but obviously for this deep dive, I was paying more attention to the arena and stuff like that. And I think there, even during the hardcore match, we saw like seating that was not hidden, but you know, there were empty seats and it was kind of like rows and everything. And I guess that's like extra seating, uh, extra rows that they, they put in if it's something else. Uh, other than wrestling, I guess, but um, it was very interesting to see that building like play out and and s- how they went about, you know, different matches that kind of showed off the building in a sense. To where like I actually paid attention to it, and I was like, man, like th- just any arena that looks different or cool, this would be one of them, and I would always pr- probably be like enjoy just because it's different but it's funny because in 99 full-fledged like into my wwf fandom and i didn't give a damn that it was a pyramid or <laughs> anything like that now 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 i like like it a lot you know that right. i don't know it's just crazy how that works arenas did used to have like more character to them right. whether it was the architecture of like the pyramid mm-hmm. or maybe the name like is it Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, the Spectrum, you know? Yeah, and you, you would hear Michael horizon. Cole say it a lot, like here in the pyramid or something like that. It kind of made right. it feel special in a way. Right, Rosemont Horizon, Great Western Forum, you know, those buildings, you know, even like in, was it Indiana Market Square Arena, mm-hmm. Maple Leaf Gardens up in Toronto. Yeah, and obviously I know why the buildings don't have those names anymore. You, if you can sell the name of the building to make some more revenue, you're going to do that. Like you see it in, you know, every, pretty much every stadium, except like maybe Lambeau field has like a, you know, a sponsor for it. Um, mm-hmm. And if they ha- don't go without a sponsor, they won't go without one for too long. Like some teams will, you know, some franchise might lapse or, Oh, the contract expired and we will to get a new sponsor. Well, they won't go too long without a sponsor for that building. So I understand it. It's business. It's the same thing with like putting like, you know, ads on the uniforms like an NBA you see ads on the helmet especially now because of the pandemic teams trying to recoup some of that lost revenue um but it, it does add like the these stadiums used to have like the cat the name used to add to the character like even like the, those cookie cutter stadiums which are probably mostly terrible from the 70s and 80s <laughs> um but you know veteran stadium the vet yeah. Green yeah. river stadium riverfront you know jack murphy or 
Joe Robbie, yeah. or, you know, stadiums like that. Comiskey, uh, Jacobs Field, even in Cleveland, which was oh, rel- yeah. relatively new, but it's just, it's it was still different at the time. Like, the, right, I guess right. compared to today. It wasn't different then, but it is com- different compared to today. Right, Candlestick Park, yeah. stadiums like that. So, but yeah, it's just, it's just how, it, how it is now. You know, things have changed, but, and even, like I said, the architecture, even though, those cookie cutter stadiums virtually had the same architecture. That's why they called them cookie cutter. But like some of the arenas would have different, various types of unique architecture that you really don't see anymore. Maybe because WWE doesn't really, they kind of hide the arenas because of the way they yeah. produce the shows. I didn't really show the arena off at all. But um, yeah, it's a little interesting thing. That, yeah. and um, the pyramid was one of those more unique buildings that you will ever find. Because, uh, like I said, it's a literal pyramid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's weird to think about. But uh, speaking of Memphis, we got the fans there. Great wrestling town, Memphis. At territory, like I said, the Mid-South Coliseum. It was a weekly territory. But was it me? Or were these fans super quiet? Or relatively quiet for the, for most of the night? At least for an Attitude Era crowd. Even though not everything was great. Don't get me wrong. But... There were times I was like, man, they, they should be getting up for this. And they just weren't quite getting up the way that I thought they would. Uh, you know, I didn't notice too much. I did notice at the end of the first match, um, <laughs> probably f- for different reasons, uh, Cole does try to rile them up. But, you know, they came alive, I think, when uh, I don't want to say you expected them to, but I didn't really notice too much of that. I guess um, it, maybe it was because I'm, I'm watching it sort of. It, you know, in an era, like, we're watching it back from, what, 20, uh, 23 years now? And it was, like, the fans are different. So nowadays, like, they're super quiet. You know, when WWE had fans in the stands before the pandemic, they were, like, super quiet all the time. Um, and I think I just kind of got used to that. So when I, even when I see it back in the Attitude Era, it doesn't affect me as much, uh, I guess, just because I'm not looking for that. But I should, I mean, I should have been certainly uh, looking it back for this podcast. But um, I guess, you know, they didn't really have much to, <laughs> to cheer about. And, you know, the first few matches were, you know, sucked. And there was one match where they didn't see at all, basically. They had to watch on that screen. Um, even... Even I guess Sunday Night Heat didn't really uh, warm him up too much, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, just something that I noticed that because we've been watching a couple more of these Attitude Era shows lately. We watched yeah. No Way Out. What was that? Two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Royal Rumble nineteen ninety nine. And it seemed like the crowds are just going crazy. And, and again, the Memphis crowd did get up for like Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And and Vince McMahon did, but it seemed like at other various points it just was like they were like, huh, and that was it. Like, but again, to your point, there in the first half of the show, there wasn't a ton to <laughs> to really get up about. Like, there was left lot to left to be desired. Let's just say that. I was watching this and but, I'm like, man, this was the attitude error. <laughs> you know, some of it was just like, whoa, like, WWF was hotter like, than ever, ever. Right, it makes you think like, how did they get so hot? But it's like, at the same time, it's like when they have a such a compelling, they have a, a multiple compelling characters at the top of the card, 
in Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, The Rock, Mankind, you know, DX, Kane, and then, you know, eventually it'll get into like a Kurt Angle or Jericho or, mm-hmm. you know, The Radicals, Benoit, or, you know, Big Show, you could throw Big Show in there, you know, Undertaker. <laughs> you have all these compelling people at the top. And eventually, like like I said, 2000, they, fill, they flesh it out a little bit more. There's more depth. But at this point, there's probably five or six people you really cared about, but that's 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 what people cared about. <laughs> like they tuned in to see those five or six people, so it was pretty top heavy, even by mm-hmm. still by this point. Mm-hmm. But those top people were, man, some of the greatest of all time, obviously, and like Steve Austin and The Rock. So, but yeah, yeah there's we're gonna get into it. But there's a lot on the show that's like, man, was this a pay per view? Like, right, like yeah. we said, we're like Halloween Havoc '98, where it's like, why is this a pay per view match? <laughs> And it's the same thing here. It's like, why was this on pay per view? Like, this is a this was a this well, SmackDown didn't exist yet. This was a shotgun Saturday Night match, probably. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Mania exclusive. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because Shotgun had some, you know, attitude to it. Where oh, you know, right, Triple right, H right. and Undertaker, you know, on the escalator, that was great. Because it was in the nightclub, see. Yeah, exactly. Underground with like a two inch yeah. ring or like a two two by two ring, which is funny that I never noticed back then, but how small it is. And I was like, How can these guys wrestle like <laughs> in that setting? And with a big small old ring, ring. To a nightclub, yeah. No, I understand, but even being inside the nightclub now, it's hilarious. I was like, I guess because it's January, you couldn't just have it on the street, <laughs> <laughs> not in New York, at least. No, no. Not in New York. But here we go. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. We started off with the video pa- package, which is like this old-timey, black-and-white, weird kind of video with Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. And the song was kind of weird, talking about how much they love it, drove each other crazy. You drive, you drive me crazy, baby, or something like that. It was weird. It was, I thought it was uh, actually awesome, because it was like St. Valentine's theme, and it was just like, you're, it was almost like they love to hate each other, and it's like someone's gonna, you know, die. Basically, you know, that's <laughs> I kind of got a different feel. I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it back then too, but I thought it was like for that for what they were doing at that time. Then you even look at the poster. I put uh, I have the poster in front of me with Vince McMahon holding you know roses, but like you know blood face. Yeah, like I'm gonna kill you face and blood running down his hand like. That type, like, it was great. WWF was so fully engulfed in that attitude error that I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to be a wrestling fan because this type of stuff is cool uh, now. That, you know, I didn't have to hide it or anything because pe- people loved it. And the way they made the logo, was like the backwards S right in the middle. I was like, man, this is awesome. So that opening with the video package, I thought it fit right in with the whole, you know, what they were going for. I was just like, you know, I didn't at the time as a kid. I'm just like, okay, let's get on with it because I I hated video packages. It, they didn't really make me more hyped for anything. It just delayed, you know, what I wanted to see. So I was just like, oh my just, god, let's get to let's it. go. Yeah, I hated them back then. Uh, so I was just like, oh come on, like let's go. <laughs> on the call for St. Valentine's Day Massacre was Michael Cole. Of course, this is when. Jim Ross is still on his sabbatical from Bell's Palsy. He would still come back the next month at WrestleMania. But of course, if you're in Memphis, you got to have the king of Memphis, Jerry Lawler, on the call. Mm. Doing color commentary. 
One thing I noticed about Jerry Lawler on this night, I don't know where he was out partying the night before or what, but he had basically no voice most of the night. <laughs> and he, uh, I think Michael Cole even mentioned it. Uh, I know they had that Raw Saturday the day before, but I, I'm pretty sure that was pre-taped. So, yeah, they they maybe they were doing voiceovers and... Or, yeah, he was out partying. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Living it up in Memphis. There you go. I mean, it makes sense, right? He was running for mayor, I think, or thinking about it. He even mentioned it on commentary a few times. He had a couple yeah. banners banners in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like Lawler for mayor. So, Who would, who in the hell would want that? I guess the same people who wanted Donald Trump as president, I guess. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, 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 I guess... I, I can he, tell you right now, I don't want Jerry the King Lawler to be the mayor of my town. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is he going to do for us? I agree. Yeah, not too much, probably. So, not surprisingly, he didn't win. Never became. If he did run, I think he did run. I don't know if he actually, but he did not win. He never became mayor of Memphis. Mm-hmm. He, but he don't have to be mayor of Memphis because he's the king of Memphis. That's even better. Right. He's a monarch. You don't need to be an elected official when you're a monarch. Get out of here. Yeah. He still calls the shots. <laughs> He's the king of Memphis. <laughs> so now we're getting into the first match on the card. And usually the first match is, you know, that they call it the curtain jerker, but that's the match you get the people excited. You get a, get an exciting match out there to get the crowd going and get the energy buzzing in the, in the arena. And what the WWF sitting out there? Gold Dust and our boy Blue Meanie <laughs> as Blue Dust. <laughs> no disrespect to our boy Brian Hatton. We're going to have him on the show soon, too. Talk about WrestleMania 15, which is the next pay-per-view after this. No disrespect to our, our... That's our guy. But this was not the opening. This should not have been the opening match of a pay-per-view. <laughs> like, and, and it was a strange era because you had Sunday Night Heat before that. And it was almost like... You, they still separated it, though. Like You still had like maybe your one or two matches on Heat. Uh, to get the crowd riled up f- for the pay per view, and then maybe at home, like okay, whatever. But like you knew, like they weren't pay per view worthy matches, like on Heat and stuff like that. So when you when you finally got to the pay per view, you would think the way they were started out would be hot. But I I don't know what they were thinking with this. I, I just hey, don't. Good for good for Blumini. He got a singles match on the pay per view. I'm sure that was a nice little payday for him. <laughs> Yeah, and then he could probably leave after, right after, because he wasn't, wasn't like the Royal Rumble where he was going to be coming back. So, get in there and get out. Right, right. So, he got a match. He got some time. I'm sure that was dope for him. This crowd though, was not feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, before the match even started, Gold Dust, Gold Dust theme music was is an all timer. Yeah, yeah. Like. I don't think it's talked about enough how it's, I think it's just a great piece of music. Like, I don't know what kind of genre you probably kind of put it to, but it's just dramatic and like, it's like layers to it. It's like, damn, they actually put energy and time to that song. It's actually really good. Like from just like, like just as a song, like you might be able to just listen to it without wrestling. Like, it's just like, damn, that's, that's, that's actually yeah, kind of dope. Like gold dust theme music. Like I said, all timer that needs to get talked about more amongst like the top theme music, you know, entrance themes of all time. It was on Full Metal, the album, WWF's first like album of theme songs uh, with that. So yeah, it, I totally agree. I w- I remember listening to it on there and for the first time, 
kind of hearing it, you know, crisp and clean that way without commentary <laughs> laid in over top of it. And I remember like really digging it. And that happened for a lot of themes that I heard over the years through these CDs. So yeah, Goldust theme is one of the all timers. I completely agree with you. Yeah, Jim Johnson, a beast once again. Like just fantastic. Like that was a great piece of music. Yep. Although this match didn't get a great reaction from the fans, what else? What else was fantastic was Blue Meanie parroting Goldust. <laughs> like <laughs> he did everything he did, except it was blue. <laughs> like, that's pretty much it. Like, they did like the blue lighting. They actually had blue dust come from the ceiling. Yeah, I think like, even they used they used the same theme music in Titan Tron, yeah. but it was like blue, bluish. Everything was blue. Yeah, he was laid out on a couch and, and no clothes on, <laughs> covered in blue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I give it, that was pretty to me. That was pretty funny. And this was shortly after he debuted too, so he was like. They they gave him that right away. You know, I think he debuted in 99 in January, if not, you know, December maybe. But, yeah, definitely it was like he debuted with the company, and I, I thought he was going to be given – I always thought everybody they brought in from ECW generally was their character from ECW. So I thought, like, okay, this is good for Blue Meanie. He's already getting, like, a pay-per-view match, and he's going to, like, get up the car. Maybe he'll get it up. Intercontinental title reign or something like that, but I mean that was not to be. But at this time, I was like, obviously, I do Blue Beanie from ECW, and I was like right. all in. I was like, come on, Blue Dust. And well, I guess him doing the parody was all he was already doing that in ECW as well. Yeah, with yeah. you know the BWO, so that that they kind of just continued that, including not a bloodbath, but a blue bath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many layers to with like so many different characters. So like that's what Vince Russo did well. I, I will give him that. Um obviously not the greatest of all time, but uh there was there was a reason people had issues with one another and each character, you know, had their own thing, like made him feel special. And that's kind of why I think nowadays maybe it doesn't feel that way, but each character has their own entrance stuff. Like that's why all the LED crap exists. So like each wrestler has their own identity, even though it's it looks all the same the way WWE produces it. But that's why like I, I that's why I feel like they've gone LED because they don't need like to make blue dust come from the sky or anything like that anymore. They they use the LED to make that like kind of like personality for each individual wrestler um but that's it's just not as cool as it was back then <laughs> <laughs> right, the practice, it was like it's pretty much different it's pretty much practical effects versus cgi yeah and and cgi can get a lot accomplished and, it, and some and in a lot of ways it could probably be cheaper but it's sometimes if used wrong or if you if used too much it can take away some of that authenticity some of that you know that the real feel Whereas practical effects, yeah, it might be a little more expensive, might be a little more time-consuming, and sometimes it can go awry. You know, practical effects doesn't always work. You can't always, you can't, with CGI, because it's a computer, it can pretty much accomplish almost anything. Whereas practical effects, you, just, you can still have some limitations on you. Mm-hmm. But when you get good practical effects, it could be hella effective. You know what I'm saying? And that that's what really separated them even at the time cuz WCW didn't do any of that. They they had like they did it for Glacier <laughs> but then they stopped 
And even for the NWO, there was none, none of that. Like the giant, they had the pyro, Goldberg, they had the pyro. That was it. You know, everyone else was just like coming down the aisle. Here we go. Let's wrestle type thing. You know, I mean, they had personality, sure, but they didn't have those practical effects that you were talking about that WWF did so well to make someone like the Blue Mini feel just as important as someone like Lex Luger or Hulk Hogan even on WCW. It's like that's the kind of dichotomy that I looked at it as as a fan in 1999. So as much as that was cool, then we get into the match, and then Goldust spanks Blue Meanie <laughs> in his butt. But Blue Meanie did pull off a moonsault at like he did over three hundred pounds. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, it was. Not even it, you know clean. He, he Goldust moved out of the way, but he wasn't even close to move out of the way. He could have just stayed where he was, and <laughs> Blue Meanie would have missed him anyway. But that was the that was the the distance Blue Meanie had. You know, like it was a legit moonsault. It wasn't. You know, right. a weird-looking one, so. That was hella impressive. Yep. So, shout-out to Blue Meanie. But yeah. uh, uh, the match ended, Goldust won, and the fans didn't really seem to care too much, so. Until he gave him Shattered Dreams, and <laughs> you could see Goldust was probably frustrated with the crowd. He was trying to get him riled up, and he did it, like, five times before they right. finally started, like, cheering for him to give Shattered Dreams to Blue Dust. So, at least uh, he got that going. <laughs> And then it was over. <laughs> and that's it. So, moving on. We have the WWF Hardcore Championship. Vacant Hardcore Championship, I should say. Al Snow going up against Hardcore Holly. The reason why the title is vacant because Road Dog had to forfeit the title. He was a champion. And as we saw, remember at the Royal Rumble, he was... Uh, wrestling Big Boss Man, but the title wasn't on the line because that even the playing field for Big Boss Man somehow. Um, even though he comes to the ring with a weapon every single night, interesting. <laughs> but he had to forfeit. He was attacked, and he was in a hospital slash local medical facility. So <laughs> instead, we get Alice Snow and Hardcore Holly or Bob Holly, and not Hardcore Holly just yet. Bob Holly. As the job squad explodes. <laughs> <laughs> the job Penis. squad. Oh, yeah. Explodes. Pen me, pay me, baby. <laughs> One, two, three, four, life. I totally forgot Bob Holly was in the job squad before this. Or like totally forgot about the job squad. Well. Until this. But what a funny concept that was. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. But as great as Gold Dust Team was, and like, intricate and layered holly's theme was big trash i was like what is this music i'm hearing like, like no, i didn't even pay attention <laughs> it was that's how bad it was because i'm used to like for one i'm not used to uh, this transition between you know spark plug you know sparky thurman sparky plug or you know bob holly to I thought I forgot that there was a transition between that and Hardcore Holly. There was just Bob Holly in the Job Squad, right? Like I said, I forgot yeah. about the Job Squad. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, "What is this song? What is this playing in my ears?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am not ready for this. So, <laughs> get into the match, and immediately they're fighting out in the crowd. <laughs> And I, I put down a lawless voice, sounded awful. Yes, sounded awful. But 
probably the whole the entire show probably shouldn't have called the show but he did anyway and then they start they go outside of the arena so it's like the first two matches we got gold dust and blue dust then we got a hardcore championship match that the majority of the match is outside the arena so like these fans are sitting there like what the hell man (laughs) at least we got matches on heat i guess Yeah, I, I, and then we'll hear them voice their displeasure in the next match. But yeah, I would not want to be in in the crowd for this one so far. But no. really, they probably only came for one match. So I mean, well, that and the Rock and Mankind, I guess. But still, yeah. <laughs> I still want to see. The, if it's a three-hour show, I still want the other two hours to be good. Like so, but no, they're outside. In the cold in Memphis, because yeah, it gets cold in the south, believe it mm. or not. And some places in the south, it can get cold. And it, Michael Cole said it was 30 degrees at night, so I would not have been wanted to be either one of those guys, especially Holly, who's out there with no shirt, just trunks, pretty much his underwear, and the freezing cold. Look, literally, mm. you know, we go by Fahrenheit here in the United States. Uh, I know some other countries you, you'd use the, the sensible method of um, what's Celsius. it called? Celsius, of course. Why am I? I couldn't the metric use the metric system and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are just you know you, you use common sense. We go by, you know, Celsius is like zero degrees is freezing, and a hundred degrees is hot. <laughs> no, Fahrenheit thirty two de- below thirty two degrees is freezing, and you know if you I think boiling is like two ten something like that. So it's always it's always funny when I watch like CFL games and they use Celsius in Canada. <laughs> And they're like, it's a balmy thirty-five degrees. I was like, what? Yeah, 35? yeah, that is, it's so different. And it's or, like, oh, you gotta look up the temperatures. Like, oh, that's like eighty-five. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's it's it's hot in Canada. Yeah. It's, you know, oh, it's ninety-five. I just looked it up. Something thirty-five. If it's thirty-five degrees in Canada, it's steaming hot Jeez. in Canada. So, but on this night in Memphis, thirty degrees Fahrenheit, cold as ever. They're outside hitting each other with street signs. I don't know if those street signs were actually supposed to be used. They just like just picked up street signs and just used them on each other. Like, yeah, the one uh, he kind of like fell back on and fell. It looked like a legit one that just came undone. I don't know if it was like planted, but they just used it and it was great. Right, like I'm like I'm one of the city of Memphis is happy about that. <laughs> you just taking these street signs yeah, and... right in front of a Memphis cop car too. Right, bash each other over here with it, um, <laughs> and then. You know, it's already cold out there in Memphis or outside. How are we going to make this bad situation worse? Let's go to the banks of the Mississippi River. And let's fight into the Mississippi River. Oh, man. So here's the problem. Not only is that water cold, okay? So not only is it cold, but also I'm sure it's like thousands and thousands of germs and bacteria in it. (laughs) Not great. Not like, great. This is a hazard to yeah. Polly and Al Snow. A health hazard. All right. Mm-hmm. They could have got septic or something like that. I don't know what they could have got. It's could, it would have been bad. Because I remember when um, what was it Edge? He got tossed into the Long Island Sound by John Cena. Remember that? I don't. Why don't I remember this? In like '06, when they I, I know like uh, they had a great feud. I know, somehow I don't remember this. Oh right. wow! I gotta go they back. They were fighting somewhere in Long Island, and Edge got tossed into the Long Island Sound. And apparently, when he got out, he got really sick after that. Oh, <laughs> like, man. 
Because it's a disgusting body of water. Now, I'm not saying <laughs> the Mississippi River. I mean, bodies of water can be dangerous, especially just on the banks of it next to a big city. You don't know what people are dumping down yeah. there. Yeah. So. Especially, like, by that point, maybe they have open wounds, too. <laughs> you know, maybe, with a hardcore yeah. match and you're hitting oh each other God. with road signs and stuff. Like, sheesh. Yeah, they were taking risk with their lives on this night. Then they take even more risk by with Holly wrapping Al Snow up in a chain link fence, <laughs> yeah. which can probably cut you if mm. it hits you the wrong way. But I guess Al Snow is supposed to be trapped, and, yeah. and you know, and, and yeah. Hardcore Holly pinned him, but his arm is clearly out yeah. of the fence, and he's, he's flailing up. it back and forth like his shoulder isn't down. <sighs> Who's that? Tim White. <laughs> It's just like, I think so. Get it done, man. <laughs> you, you. I know you have some analysis on this. You hate referees when they mess up. <laughs> I just, I didn't understand it because why not take the time just to wrap them up? They, they rushed it. They rushed the ending probably because they were getting close on time. You saw Holly run back to the ring with Tim White just so he can grab the title. Like that wasn't even necessary. You could have had the title right there. You had uh, Tim White carrying it or somebody carrying it and following them. Like you didn't need to run back to the ring and. The, very, the the way he put the fence around him just looked so bad. So they, And they cut back to him. They cut back to Al Snow, and it's perfectly wrapped around him. So clearly, while the camera was following Bob Holly back to the ring with Tim White, you know, they made sure that Al Snow was wrapped really good. So when they cut back to him, he looks even <laughs> worse than he was. Right. So it's like, come on, man. Like, we're not stupid. You know, they made uh, uh, such a big deal about not treating their audience stupidly back in this era, but to me, that just stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, because like I said, Al Snow was waving at the referee, like, please don't count this pin, please! <laughs> let, let, let's probably say, like, let him get me! Let him get me! Like, his arm wasn't, his shoulder wasn't able to go down because of how he was wrapped. Like, <laughs> come on! At least count take the anyway. time to just do it right. They counted that pin anyway, and... <laughs> Bob Holly wins his second, I believe his second singles title in WWE. Yeah. Because apparently, I forgot, he was a hard, he was an intercontinental champion when he was he like, was. Thurman Sparky Plug. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah, for like a week, I think. <laughs> oh, man. I believe, uh, by the way, I really enjoyed Michael Cole during this match because uh, he even brought that up. He's like, Bob, how, like this would go a long way in erasing the image of Sparky Plug because he was like an Intercontinental Champion for a cup of coffee, a tag champion for a cup of coffee. And they brought up like his past gimmicks, which they never really did before. And I thought that was kind of cool that they brought that up. Be like, yeah, hey, we're, you're not stupid. We know that you know this guy from back then, and this he's different now. Like, you know, maybe this will help his career. And it's funny because I know uh, – Lawler said, like, I love Sparky Plug. <laughs> He's like, that was endless, <laughs> endless material for me. And I, I just thought it was hilarious that they said that. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was cool that they brought it up. I thought Michael Cole was good on commentary, kind of, like, explaining things. Uh, you know, I even told you that before. I thought it, it, it got worse as the night went on, but I thought he started off strong uh, toward this pay-per-view. And, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's funny that I just thought it was funny they brought up Sparky Plug because – they probably were just like, hey, we know that the people watching this, even if you don't know, if you didn't watch the greatest year in WWF history in 95, you wouldn't know Stop who it. Sparky Plug was. Uh, so we're going to tell you. I would not <laughs> let you say something like that on the show without it being disputed. It's like 
I don't know if you saw um, the guy, the My Pillow guy, go on like Newsmax. Oh, jeez. And <laughs> you can, please <laughs> don't Newsmax. compare me to that. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, it's, it's a funny comparison, though. It's funny you brought. I'm, I'm bringing it up now because Newsmax is one of the stations, one of the, the channels that's gotten sued by the, the voting yeah. systems for like a yeah. billion dollars with a B for lying about yeah. the voting system. Smartmatic, yeah. So they had the guy, the My Pillow guy, go on there and, and he they asked him questions about certain things. Then he goes into the voter fraud, the voter fraud stuff, I should say, or like the <laughs> that the election was stolen or whatever. And he talks about the voting systems. I did see that, I think. And and as soon as he started talking about it, they were like, no, no, yeah. uh, no. See that there's no evidence of that. No, right, yeah. Mind, mind, this is a conservative channel. Like they're probably they're more pro-Trump than anything. But they're, even they're like, no, no, we can't do it because we don't want to get sued. And the homeboy had a prepared statement, ready. Just in case, <laughs> like, like we here at Newsmax have not found any substantial evidence <laughs> yeah. of of fraud from these voting systems, and we can't we can't do it. Nope, they just try to talk over them. And the homeboy was like, the "Producer, can, we, can the producers take them off, please? Can we not? No." And eventually, he just up and left. He's he like, did. "I'm not I'm not being a part of this. Like, yep. I can't. Yep. <laughs> I'm not being I'm not being liable for this for this goofball. You're not getting me sued for a billion dollars. I ain't got time, and nobody has time, honestly. So." That's how I feel when you talk about 1995 <laughs> WWF. I got to immediately discredit it. Like, nope, that's not true. False. Nope. Uh-uh. I have a prepared statement. 1995 <laughs> WWF was one of the worst years and one of the worst promotions in wrestling history. This has been proven many times over by multiple outlets and, and even WWE themselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> even by WWE themselves. <laughs> <laughs> even they'd be like... Yeah, 1985 was a rough year, man. The business was down. Like, <laughs> we had these stupid gimmicks, bro. Like everybody had an occupation. Like it was rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, that's good. But hey, I appreciate them bringing that up because I was one of the few, I'm sure, that watched 95 WWF. That was also watching this, so uh, I thought yeah, it was kind of cool. You deserved it, a boom period. <laughs> Yeah. You earned it. <laughs> you were uh, the day one. That's funny. And I remember I, I was originally mad that Holly won because I thought he was like a no. I still thought he was like a nobody. Like, I don't enjoy him. I, he, like, he's not. Like, I, I for, for Al Snow, I'm like, yeah, this is the hardcore guy. He was in ECW. You know, this is the guy you put the title on. And then, you know, they didn't do it at the Royal Rumble. They didn't put the title on they didn't put the IC title on Billy Gunn and I thought that was like weird and I thought stupid and then they didn't do that here with Al Snow they didn't put the hardcore title on him like what the hell are they doing like I remember being so confused about what they're doing with the titles and Mankind was the champion I'm like Mankind and Stone Cold at Wrestlemania that doesn't make sense like why are they doing that (laughs) you know like I was so that's where I was I was like okay like obviously the Rock's gonna win tonight and just all, the whole thing with the titles, man. It's like, why the hell did now Snow win? I'm so pissed. <laughs> well, we, we'll find out the next night why The yeah. Rock didn't win to, on, at uh, St. Yeah. Valentine's Day Massacre. Spoiler alert. So they could pop a rating the next night. <laughs> <laughs> Which they were pop that rating, the baby. best at, by the way, doing that. Yeah, they were back in the day. They were, they were, they were, they were good for having a Hell in a Cell or a title match on TV just because. Yeah. It was good for that back in the day in the, in, in the late 90s. <sighs> but after this hardcore title match, this thralling, enthralling, and just gripping 
championship contest in the Mississippi River. We cut backstage to the Undertaker standing over a, a, a flaming barrel or something like that. Bonfire of sorts. Giving a pep talk like Vince Lombardi to the Ministry of Darkness, which is not long, not long formed before this. Uh, we, we watched the Rumble a couple weeks ago and we saw you know, the Acolytes Midian kidnapped Viscera. Now Viscera's all in now. And now they have the brood too. They got Edge, Christian, and Gangrel. So they're deep. But yeah, here goes mm-hmm. you know, Coach Coach Undertaker giving a pep talk to his boys before they go out and do something terrible, I would assume. Sacrifice somebody or something. <laughs> Mutilate somebody, whatever they was doing uh, in, in the off time for the Ministry of Darkness. But move on to one of those members of the Ministry of Darkness, Midian. Remember Midian? I do quite well. Midian, wasn't he? What's one? What's Godwin? Was he? Can't remember. Phineas I. Phineas I. Godwin, not to be confused with Henry O. Godwin. It's great. He has a match. They even brought that up when he was a hog farmer. It's like he doesn't know what he want to be a hog farmer, bodyguard. Remember, he was in Southern Justice. Southern Justice. <laughs> and they actually brought that up, and I'm like, yes, like. Those two main things, that's what I, I made a note of. Like, they kept bringing up the past, which, you know, like, we're so not used to WWF doing ever, you know? So, I thought that was kind of cool. Southern Justice. What, a bodyguard for Jeff Jarrett, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was whack. And, like, He's tuxedos and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, with bolo ties, I believe. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. Get out of here. Southern Justice. <laughs> Sounds racist to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I had no clue about that until way later on. So, <laughs> yeah, but we got Midian. He's Midian now. Midian. M I D E O N, not M I D I A N, which was uh, so many people had so many different spellings for characters back then. <laughs> I swear. Like the message boards, they would call them the, yeah. the Median, like the yeah, Median M- range or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, <laughs> like M I D I A N and. M E D E A N, like no, it's M I D E O N. They say it on the screen. Like, come on, <laughs> the Chiron hasn't spelled correctly. Seriously, that is another pet peeve of mine. When people like Midian. completely you know, just, it's, it's like well, something did, similar uh, to that. It's a pet peeve when I send an email to somebody and they reply to me back and they spell my name wrong in the damn email. <laughs> it's like, bro, my name is right there. You can just look at it. My whole name shows up. You can spell my name right. I even got my signature. My signature has my <laughs> name spelled correctly in my email. But still people will spell it wrong. I find it disrespectful. Mm. Mm. I agree. Straight up disrespectful. Not cool. You know? Unprofessional too. Spell mm. my name right. Put some respect on my name in these right. emails. And my signature in my email too. There you go. You know what I'm saying? You called my number back. So you clearly <laughs> read my signature. <laughs> And you still didn't get it right. It's a damn shame. But we got to get it right here with Big Boss Man and Midian, right? Uh, no, we're not going to get that right. No, not even close. <laughs> Before the match, though, we got Midian walking to the ring with the eyeball and I guess formaldehyde or something like that. That's oh, what they that said. That's great. That's great. And then he puts the, 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 the jar on the announce table and tells Jerry Lawler to keep an eye on it. <laughs> get it? You got it? <laughs> then later on, he says, I think that thing winked at me. 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, like turn- even the little things, like just made me laugh. Michael Cole was like, "Turn that thing away from me. I don't want to look at me." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, so, great. But that was probably the most exciting part of this match because there wasn't really much to this match. It got boring chance from the fans in Memphis. Oh man! And if you can, if you can bore the Memphis fans who already sounded bored enough, <laughs> man. Because I don't, I, mean, I don't blame them. Because like, like, yeah, I think like the first two matches were like okay, and then you get this one. It's like the first three matches is like, damn. <laughs> I, st- I dropped ninety dollars on these tickets. <laughs> like this is the one wrestling yeah. show I'm going to all year. Yeah, I used to have all, I... my, my whole tax return <laughs> getting the, the tickets, the parking, the the snacks, the shirt. Like I spent my whole tax return. <laughs> On this I'm night. spending Valentine's Day with my honey watching this crap. <laughs> <laughs> right? She is mad at me. <laughs> she, I she am walking home. <laughs> right. I'm sleeping on the couch. There's no rose petals, no candles, no wine, no nothing. You get the couch. <laughs> you get the clicker. You better turn on the TV and watch something on there. You better order the Spice Channel tonight. Because <laughs> ain't nothing popping off. You had me in the, you had me in the Memphis Pyramid. On Valentine's Day, you got her wearing a DX Suck It jersey. <laughs> but I'm watching two guys fight in the Mississippi River outside the damn building. I could have watched them out in the river for free. I paid money to watch them fight outside. Nope. Nothing, you're not nothing getting nothing tonight. Mm-mm. I'm going to take that jersey off. and none of that happening. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. I'm thinking like there are definitely <laughs> couples in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> Either both were wrestling fans, or you know some 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 guy. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the guy in the relationship was a wrestling fan. And he dragged his poor girlfriend slash wife, significant other, there had to, to this wrestling show. There had to be some nice ladies out there that treated their their men to. Uh, I was gonna say that know, too. She probably bought the tickets too. Yeah. Yeah, and she's sitting here and. Maybe he even he's like, oh man, I'm I'm sorry that I made you do this. <laughs> you would think that they would be self aware a little bit if that were to happen, but lucky for me, I was an eighth grader just watching it at home with a couple <laughs> friends. You know, I didn't have to worry about that crap. Right, going on dates, ill girls. <laughs> no, I think I was I was in the girls then, but it was just like not dating yet. I was like, well, oh, that's yeah, weird. That's not, that's weird. You know, you're not good. <laughs> when you when I, when I wanted a girlfriend, I just wanted a girlfriend that I could call my girlfriend, not one that I actually had to hold hands with and kiss and all <laughs> right. that. Yeah. Wait, wait, I, got, I, wait I, I thought I thought you just gonna be my girlfriend. I actually got to be your boyfriend too. What? <laughs> exactly. I ain't signed up for that. <laughs> so why are you calling that's me a, right now? I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> that's a 12 year old, 13 year old boy for you. Like yeah. what? I got to do what? Yep. I just wanted you to be my girl. I didn't want you to. I didn't want her to actually have to do boyfriend stuff. <laughs> oh, man, I was terrible. Like, I'm watching wrestling. I'm watching terrible, Nitro man. and Raw. Hulk Hogan about to lose the title tonight. You calling me right now? <laughs> that was also so... it's eight fifteen. You know my minutes don't come on till nine. Girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> that was me. That was me. So many things we went through back in the day. Unreal. Couldn't make a phone call till nine o'clock. How crazy is that? That person called you at eight fifty six. It was like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> I wouldn't even pick up. You? you know, once we got call RD, I was like, "Nope, not picking up." <laughs> <laughs> and 
and and then when that person called you a nine, it was like, hey, what's going on with you? <laughs> but before that, it was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Are you well, crazy? You well, got your rabbit ass mind? <laughs> what's funny is, uh, I believe I went to a homecoming uh, a couple of years after this, uh, my sophomore year, and uh, got back together with the girl that I had called my girlfriend. And uh, after that, she tried calling me. She went to a different high school, but you know, she would call me, and I would not pick up. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that, Straight that was me. I mean, I just wasn't ready, and I didn't want to like make her feel bad. So I was like, I'll just ignore her. <laughs> Damn, Nick Cole Savage. It was bad. I, I mean, I definitely made, I made up for it eventually, but uh, that was like me learning how to how to you know how to grow up <laughs> as a man. I guess I don't know. I was very bad at that. Damn. Back then, yeah, definitely regretted it, and uh, we made amends and whatnot. But that was not a. Uh, I would definitely do it all over again if I could, because I just, even just thinking about it and talking about it makes me feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, did you tell her, like, have your mom say or your dad, like, oh, I'm taking, I'm in the shower. Uh, yeah, I asked my mom. Wash like, my hair that's a, tell, again. Tell her that I'm helping my dad at work, and uh, I was like, you know, 15. Like, <laughs> I wasn't helping my dad <laughs> at no work. <laughs> I was sitting on the recliner listening to the music, man. <laughs> I was like, please, just. You know, I didn't want to talk. I hated the phone, three, by the way, but still, I was like, come on. Taking a three-month shower. If there were, te- if there was texting back then, it would have been different. So, mm. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, all that to say that this match was trash. So, <laughs> Big Boss Man won with a sidewalk slam, and that's oh, the end. Yeah. But after the match. The ministry comes out and surround the ring. Then the lights go out. And then the Lord of Darkness, the Undertaker, comes out with his robe. Doesn't have his ministry music yet, though. He didn't get that until, I guess, after this. Mm. But the Ministry of Darkness beat up Big Boss Man. Vincent hit him with a couple splashes, three of them to be exact. And then they kidnap him. <laughs> they drag him out. None of the corporate guys come out to help. And that was the end of it. Yeah, weird. Bossman gets kidnapped. You know, now, you just this? you assume that Bossman is going to become the next member of the ministry, but that never happens. <laughs> no, th- wasn't that when they try to sacrifice him? Did they put him on Maybe the symbol? They Maybe they did. Wow, I totally forget that. Because they did that with Austin, but I'm not sure what yeah. they did with Bossman. Well, may- Maybe that's what led to their Hell in a Cell match at Mania. Right. Interesting. I'm trying to think about that. I might have to go back and watch that Raw afterwards because I haven't done that yet. A lot happened on that Raw afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Yeah, they tried to sacrifice him. <laughs> <laughs> that was in March, though, that they looked. They tried oh, to wow. Sacrifice so him. I don't know. Further. Huh? Either way, they were doing some wild stuff with the Ministry of Darkness. They were yeah, literally they were. trying to do satanic stuff on it, like put him on a cross or a symbol. Not really a cross, actually. Then, right. hey, let's hang Big Boss Man and have Undertaker pose next to him. <laughs> like, is this whoa. a symbol, King? Like, is this symbolic? Like, <laughs> it's what? a symbolic. Come on, Michael. It's a symbol. Symbolic of what? Death? <laughs> like, okay. I do not know if 
Jim Ross would have made that same call if he was doing the commentary for that. Look, like, is this a symbol king? Like, that would have been terrible Straight from Vince McMahon. Absolutely. That was from the lips of Vince McMahon to the ears of Michael Cole and then out the lips of Michael Cole. <laughs> okay? There was no thought. There was no time. It was just like, say this. Because I specifically remember on the Bruce Pritchard show when he's like, it's a symbol. <laughs> you can tell that's Vince McMahon talking. Yeah. Like, only Vince yeah. McMahon will try to play the mental gymnastics and be like, no, right. it's a symbol. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, Vince, we know what you're trying to get across here, though. Like, it's you're trying to crucify the guy, but it's not a crucifix. It's a symbol. Like, <laughs> just like it's not a hospital. It's a local medical facility. It's right. like, okay, whatever, man. Like, it's not a title. It's a it's a championship title, whatever. It's not a belt, you know, whatever. Like, we get it, dude. Yeah, yeah. They're not wrestlers or superstars. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. It's a symbol. So, moving on from that trash, though. <laughs> It's time for the WWF World Tag Team Championship. Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett defending against Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Now, each team had a good-looking woman in their corner. Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett had Deborah. This is pre-puppies, I think. I mean, she had breasts, but she didn't have, like, <laughs> the enhanced ones, obviously. When Jerry Lawler would go, puppies! Yeah, I, we didn't hear that yet. No, not on this night. But Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown, to counter Deborah, because she was, you know, interfering and stuff, they had Ivory, who was looking good as well. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot this is how they brought her in, too. I did, too. Yeah. But there she was with Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. <laughs> when they made the entrance, though, when Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown made their entrance... And they're, in the, and they're in the ring with Ivory, and he gives her a big hug. And Michael Cole was like, Henry, he's just childlike when it comes to women. And it's like, <laughs> that's a strange statement. Like, I, I just yeah. feel stupid. That feels weird. Like, I get it because he, like, he supposedly loved him so much. He's like, just giddy about women. I get it. But just, he's childlike. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, made no sense to me. Yeah, I guess it made some sense, but it's, it's just, it just. When he said it, I just went like, huh? Like, my head tilted like Michael Myers. I was like, hmm? Yeah. Like, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't like it. Just didn't. Maybe Vince I mean, was that's like. That's my initial reaction to that. Maybe that was just Michael Cole. And Vince was like, what the hell did you say, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Childlike. He's not a child, damn it. He's a grown, he's sexual chocolate. He's a grown man. Look at a big chocolate man in there. <laughs> Chocolate sexual man, not child at all. No, nothing childish about him. Oh, World's man. strongest sexual chocolate. Damn it! Get it right next time. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a man. He's sexual chocolate. <laughs> he's a piece of chocolate. He's a candy bar. Oh boy. Ugh. Owen Hart and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett come out. With those absolutely beautiful World Tag Team titles. Yeah, they were the lame ones. They were the small ones. They looked like big them. as hell to me. Nah, they were the the new ones that they made in the same design, but they were smaller. It made no sense. Oh, man. They look big. Maybe it's because Jared and Owen were so small. I guess. <laughs> Who knows? I guess. But they were they beautiful. They good, though. The design definitely is beautiful. I say it every single time I see them, and I don't care. It's still true. 
the best tag titles ever, WWF or WWE now, I need to stop playing. For one, consolidate the tag division. There's no need for two tag titles. It's just it's just silly. That's how we got Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler as tag team champions. Why? Mm. Come on. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but also, when you consolidate the divisions into one, bring back those world tag team titles. Why not? They're absolutely fantastic. Listen. Let's could- do it. Bring those or the first version of the SmackDown titles, which are similar to those, similar, or yep. even the World Tag Team titles from Raw when you know they had the red globe and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, like those were the best tag team titles that the company's ever had. Um, so one yeah, of those three designs would, like, I would be fine with. Not I'd prefer the, hell the they World Tag Team now. titles uh, that we saw here tonight. And, and I know, like, they change titles sometimes because it helps with, like, merchandise. I don't know how many of those tag titles people are buying. I hope none because those titles suck. <laughs> but if you bring back those titles and you, you put them on sale, like, hey, come get the tag titles on sale, WWE Shop. Man, them things will sell out in a day. Are you yeah, serious? Them things are gone. If you don't consolidate the tag team divisions, just bring back those designs and just have a blue strap and a red strap. There you, you go. Know, that will sell. <laughs> Something. Just, just get rid of those current ones. Not silver. I just don't understand them. I don't, I don't like them. No. no. No, no, no. I don't like them at all. I, I 100% truly believe, and I don't know if they said anything about this or said anything against this, but I, New Day probably has been pushing <laughs> for a new design forever since they've been like the tag champions a million times. I could see them pu- pushing for a new design uh, for the tag titles. For Anyone as as who they've cares been what the belts look like should be pushing for the new design. It's probably every person on the roster. I don't know. I don't Anybody know. Anybody who's been a tag team champion is like, man, this belt stinks. Can we get a I, new one? I like, mean, I don't know, man. There's so many people there that just are probably losing their passion because of WWE. But man, look, who knows? You can't lose that much. I can't. I can't. I can't see Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode doing that. <laughs> they probably don't care <laughs> right, one Roode's damn like, bit. I'm just happy to be on TV. <laughs> 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 like, I'm just happy to be wrestling right now. <laughs> so I'll take whatever belt you give me. This belt, the hardcore title, the European title, whatever. Light heavyweight. 24 <laughs> 7. I'm just happy to get a check. Um, <laughs> right at the beginning of the match, though, Mark Henry is punching Owen Hart. And Jerry Lawler said that. Owen, Owen was tra- probably trying to get Mark Henry to punch himself out at like a la the Roper Dope. And I was like, who the hell would play the Roper do the Roper Dope with Mark Henry? Like the strongest man in the world. The whole point of the Roper Dope is that you take the punches because you're capable of taking this person's punches. They won't put you down. You just let them tire themselves out. But Mark Henry, one of his punches will go through your skin. Like it's it's mutilating you. There's no Roper Doping Mark Henry. That doesn't even make sense. Nobody's standing there and taking punches, actual punches, from the world's strongest man. Well, Owen is that nugget that just doesn't flush, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what that had to do with anything, but that's messed up. <laughs> I'm saying they were chant- they were even chanting nugget at Owen during the match. That stuck with Owen Hart during this time frame from Shawn Michaels and uh, Triple H. That stuck with him, you know, and even like they, they chanted it sometimes when he was a babyface, but once he turned heel and joined the nation, 
he was they were chanting nugget at him every single week and it was, it was still crazy. here he were run out of the arena covering his ears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe that's what he meant by that like i was never gonna go away he's never gonna get flushed so if he could just stay there and take mark henry's punches okay but yeah they didn't really do much uh with that no I totally forgot about the nugget business too before I heard the crowd start chanting it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, it's so dumb, too." Nugget, nugget. And he and it made it worse because he would react to it. Yeah. Like, what? I'm not a nugget. <laughs> so Zoe was great. He, yeah, this was. Uh, I don't think he had done the blue blazer thing yet by this point either, like the uh, fake the fake blue blazer or anything like that. So. Yeah, when he was like, "That's Owen. We know that's you." Like, yeah. <laughs> then, well, one week it was like Coco Beware or something. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you you knew it wasn't Owen that time, <laughs> right? Like, there's a little bit, a little bit of a difference between <laughs> Owen Hart and Coco Beware. I, I'll let y'all figure out what the difference is, but <laughs> the names. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Coco's got three. Owen only had two, so <laughs> you know. But I was watching this match, and I'm like, damn, Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett is kind of a dope tag team together. Actually worked pretty well together did. as a tag team. They did. They weren't together very long, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because Owen Hart passed away. Um, but when that's all in the ring, I was like, damn, they're doing double team moves and stuff like that. They're kind of a, a hodgepodge team, but they got the job done. I liked them. Yeah, and I think they even traveled together, so I'm sure that helped. And they were, you know, lovers of the business. So when they were put together, I'm sure they made the most of it. You know, they were like, we're going to make this work, and they did. That's true, and lovers of the business. And they were both, like, you know, legendary families in the business. Of course, mm-hmm. the Hart family. We all know about, the, you know, Stu Hart and Bret Hart, you know. Bruce Hart, Smith Hart, all the Hearts, you know. <laughs> Helen Hart, who Jerry <laughs> King Lawler would make fun of mercilessly all the time. What was that Martha Hart? I'm sorry, Martha Hart. Right? No, Helen Hart, that... yeah. Helen was the mother, the matriarch. Right, right, right. Yeah. Martha Hart, I think, is Owen's widow. I take that back. Right, yeah. But, uh, and of course, can't forget the Jarrett family, which ran a territory down in Tennessee. Right? Jarrett Jarrett. Uh, Christine Jarrett, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. uh, legendary families on both sides. So, yeah. Two second-generation wrestlers. Or, or not really wrestlers, because Jarrett Jarrett. I don't know if Jarrett Jarrett really wrestled, but... Um, Second generation wrestling family members, you know, people involved with the business. So, yeah, they definitely uh, loved it. Uh, but, yeah, I thought they were pretty dope together. The, the time together was brief, but uh, I thought it was it was pretty good for what they were doing. Uh, the more Definitely a more traditional tag team from what you were seeing at this time right. in the Attitude Era. Yep. Uh, you didn't see a lot of, like, the New Age Outlaws were like the, like the team at this point in, in 99. Like probably the most popular team, but they didn't do double team moves like that. Like they were just out there. They cut their promo to do their matches, and that was it. Like, like, yeah. like that was pretty much it. And the Hardy Boys and the Edge and Christian and Dudley Boys came after this, but they were more known. They could do the double team stuff. They could do the traditional tag team stuff, but they weren't. That wasn't really what they were there for. They were there to do the, the big crazy matches like TLC and ladders and tables matches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People weren't really, weren't really trying to see them do hot tags and double team moves and stuff like that. The simple things that make tag team wrestling fun and cool. But that, that's what we saw tonight on Jeff, on a St. Valentine's Day Massacre from Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. 
and I wish that they kind of couldn't stuck around. Obviously, you know, they didn't because, of course, Owen Hart passed away tragically. But if Owen Hart, uh, you know, lived on, and maybe they were still together as a tag team, they could have been an interesting, uh, like opposite, almost like a polar opposite to the other tag teams, which were about taking right. risk and being daredevils. Mm-hmm. They could have been the more traditional team, you know, like like what FTR is to like. You know all the AEW teams like Young Bucks and Private Party and those guys. That's what like, I envision what Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah, absolutely. So not sure why also, they decided. You know, also, not sure why they ahead. decided to break them apart though. Like when they did. I mean, like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember them being broken up by the time Owen passed away. I thought they were still together. So, yeah, I, I wonder. I, I just don't remember how much they were teaming up and versus Owen doing the blue blazer thing, you know, separately. Uh, so I don't like. I don't know if that was Owen's only appearance, you know, like on shows, or if he was be like in a tag team with Jeff Jarrett, and like later on in the show or something like that. I, I, that I don't remember. So you might be right. He yeah. might have been doing both at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's possible. That, that's part of the, uh, the 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 <laughs> the dichotomy of Owen Hart pretending he wasn't bl- on Blue Blazer, <laughs> right? Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, those is pretty dope though. And I think we say it most pretty much every time we see him. D'Lo Brown was dope, man. <laughs> he was so good. This is like his post chest protector era. You know, I was like, now he was ready. Now he's serious. Like he wanted to. He was ready to win some matches. Damn it, win the tag title and everything. And, it was great. Like his, he had one titles though. He was. A I don't European think champ, anybody. Right? I don't think anybody can duplicate what he did with his mannerisms because it's so hilarious and <laughs> so like the head cautious. swagger. Like he was the only one to ever do that. Really, like the more <laughs> I think about it, like I never saw anyone walk down the aisle the way he did. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. Very unique. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He did. He was European champion in '98, right? Yeah, he was. I, I mean, like titles. you know, but he he was almost like a comedy type champion, uh, in a, in a good way, not like the crappy WWF comedy. Um, it was great, but like the like more of a competitor with with Mark Henry, like serious. Like you could even when they came out to the ring, like he he had the serious look on his face. It was almost different than he was like as a singles with you know the European title. I don't, know, I don't I can't put my finger on it, but I just felt like it was almost like a different type character. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just thought his, for one, he's very underappreciated as a performer. Mm. For whatever reason, he just never quite even stayed in the upper mid-card in, in WWF at this point. I'm not saying he should have been competing for world titles a bit in the main events, but like, I think D'Lo Brown could have easily been a singles guy that competing for like the IC title or been mm. in that kind of stratosphere. Yep. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. And it's not like, you know, when we talked about like with Godfather or Val Venus, where those guys kind of fell off the wayside because their characters didn't have really the depth, you know, needed to have staying power. They were still occupations at the end of the day, except they were just more X-rated occupations. Dino Brown didn't have that. He didn't have that that gimmick attached to him. He was his own guy, created his own type of vibe to him. Yeah, and he had size. He had ability. He had, the, yeah. I think, one of the best frog splashes. You know that people don't talk about of all time. 
Uh, then I, t- I, was, look, I was talking. One thing I really want to talk about was his move set. Like he had this the sky high that that yeah. spine buster type move yep. to sit out. That was dope. That, that he leg drop where he would like, do it. Yeah, that leg drop where he would just go like with his hands, like yeah, with his hand do the hand motions, different quick leg drop. Yep. Like he would do cool stuff. Like, and I was like, damn, like why didn't he just like stick at the top, like near the top at least for a while? I mean, I know they had a couple runs with WWE. I always liked D'Lo Brown. Like I always thought he was. A guy that they they missed the boat on a little bit. Even though he won titles, he was a European champion. I think he was a wasn't he a double champion? Wasn't he an intercontinental champion too at the same time or something like that? Like he he held titles. He did this thing I a little vaguely bit. Vaguely remember that. I, I want to say a SummerSlam ninety nine. Yeah. I think he was both or one or the other. I can't remember, but either way, he had a run. It was a good run. I think he could have had more staying power. I think mm. when they brought in the Jerichos and the uh, Kurt Angles and you know the Benoits and the Guerreros, those guys. He could have still stayed there and hung with those guys. I thought he was still good. I didn't see how he got like so shoved so far down when he was he was doing what was he doing? He's with like uh, he was doing with Tiger Ali Singh or some some another uh, Indian or Arabian type of character. They because uh, I remember I watched Royal Rumble two thousand one and they they picked him out of the Rumble because they put Drew Carey in the Rumble. Oh, Little Brown with the guy. I can't remember his name on top of my head right now, but he was with like Rodney Mac. I think it was. was he with Rodney Mac at some point. I think Rodney like Mac that. was there in one, but if Dilo was still there in like '03, I think maybe he came back for a little bit uh, with Teddy Long's. Like he had a couple guys. Like he had Teddy Long had Mark Henry, Rodney Mac, and Dilo might have been also a guy if he was there uh, more than one week. But I do remember him coming back. I, I do wonder. You know, it was all you talk about like when guys like Jericho and Benoit Guerrero came in and whatnot. I believe when D'Lo and Draz had that unfortunate mm. accident, it was late '99. I want to say yeah, it was like, like a dark match yeah. on SmackDown. So maybe you know that messed him up a little bit, and yeah, maybe that, that had yeah. maybe that. Like I don't. I don't know if he ever spoke publicly about that. I don't know if Draws ever did about how that they affected did, him. They, or... they did talk about the, I, don't know, I think on the dark side of the ring, I think they talked about Draws getting his neck. Because who who, which dark side of the ring would that have been? It wasn't Draws didn't have his own, uh, but I can't remember which one they mm. talked about. But D'Lo Brown was on it, and I think Draws is on it too, and they talked about that mm. um, for like That's a second. And, and you could tell us D'Lo was still like, you know, affected by it. And obviously Draz is still, you know, paralyzed from it. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't easy for Dilo to talk about. Oh, I, can't, I wish I could remember which one that was now. It's definitely in the second season, obviously, because I remember Dilo sitting there and that was like one of the memes was like the memes that came out was like Dilo's face <laughs> looking at something. Um Let's see. After the fact, oh, the Brawl for All. Brawl for All, yep, because Draz is in Brawl for All. Yeah. Right. Right, so and it probably was another one. I think it was another one after that too, because they have they interview people for certain, you know, multiple things, right. for multiple um, specials. Maybe the Owen Hart one. I think Owen Hart yeah, one might have been one of those as well. But um, I forgot. Brawl for All was in season two. Uh, I think oh New Jack too. The New Jack one. D'Lo Brown was in that one because he was with New Jack in uh Smoky Mountain. Mm. D'Lo Brown was. So, you know, but either way, um, I didn't even think about that, though, um, that that may have, you know, politically could have 
hurt D'Lo's standing. It, even if in it company. didn't, like maybe it's just his mental status, you know, like uh, like he was still wrestling, but at the same time, like did he trust himself, you know, with certain yeah. like hey, I don't want to hurt this guy. Like, he, I don't want to hurt Benoit or Guerrero. Like, if he was still there at the time. I, don't, I know he was been released and brought back a couple times. I, I don't know the time frames of that or if it would coincide with, you know, the guy, the likes of Jericho and the other guys coming over. But, yeah, I, he would have been, like, the branding extension when that happened. He would have been great on Raw or SmackDown. Probably would have gotten a great run. Uh, just based on they, they his him back, the way he is, they brought him back in like oh three because I remember he had a match with like Triple H, I think it was a blindfold match with Triple H or something like that, <laughs> and then he came back in like oh eight oh nine or something like that. Remember he came back again. I, like I vaguely do remember this. I vaguely remember that. Like, oh wait oh nine, that was back, a bad you know? error. That was a bad error. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would probably would have yeah. been the only good thing about that if I was if I remembered anything about that error. Yeah, Dilo, I think, like I said, Dilo, give him his flowers because I thought he was a really dope talent. He's um, also a uh, commentator on the Impact now, so he's still around, still on TV every week. Uh, him and Matt Stryker are now the commentating team for Impact Wrestling. Dope, dope. Good for Dilo Brown. Yeah. Good for Dilo Brown. Cause again, I, very, I think he's very underappreciated. And I think a lot of people who watched during that time still remember Dilo Brown. They remember the theme yeah. song, which was yeah. dope. Uh, they remember his the, the neck movements and all that and you better recognize and then the swag and the moves like i was like yo deal was dope man like i don't know i just i don't know I, looking I at the real deal now <laughs> i think I, I there could have been more with d brown that's just my yeah, yeah. i'm saying that from an objective perspective like just looking at d and what he was capable of and what he did i'm like damn they could have did more he was talented he was really talented yes he, he had the charisma you know so i don't know but in this match, uh, D'Lo Brown was, you know, whooping ass and taking names, but all of a sudden, Deborah and Ivory start going at it outside of the ring, and that prompted him to suddenly want to break it up. Yeah, it's like, some... what are you doing, man? You, you got Ivory to handle that. Like, what, what are you right. doing getting involved, D'Lo? Come on. That's why she's there. Instead, he wants to break it up, and that leaves Mark Henry in the ring by himself. He's about to press slam Jeff Jarrett, but Owen Hart comes in with Jeff Jarrett's guitar, hits him in a leg, and messes his leg all up. <laughs> and that allows Jeff Jarrett to put him in a figure four for the win. Uh, to in, the midst the of the, in the midst of the guitar shards that the ref just conveniently ignored. <laughs> right. right. Oh, these came out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> you didn't hear that guitar go jing after it hit Mark Henry's leg? Like, <laughs> 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 jing. Something? I don't know. That's exactly how but, it sounded. Uh, <laughs> that's my impersonation of a guitar. So, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> after the match, Ivory tries to rip Deborah's clothes off. Doesn't quite work out. Much to the dismay of, of Nick Piccolo sure. in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Much to the Nick dismay Pacone. of Nick Piccone in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh. And it was funny because I, my dad was watching it with me and my two friends, and I believe my mom was upstairs. So I was like, wait. And I was like, okay, like, come on. If you're going to do it, do it <laughs> before my mom comes down. Come on. <laughs> you're right. Even your dad's like, don't, don't tell your mom about this. <laughs> don't tell your mom unless you watch this. <laughs> so after that, moving on from that, we got a promo from Mankind talking about his knee injury. 
because he got that knee injury because The Rock attacked him earlier. Mm. He attacked him while he was training with Bob Backlund, Iron Sheik, and Dominic Danucci. <laughs> you know, a couple old timers, three great. old timers. That was great. And I wrote that if that was today, you would have had Bob Backlund beating The Rock in the main event of WrestleMania, probably. <laughs> because WWF loves their old guys, don't they? Uh, Not really the old guys, but like they have guys like that elimination chamber. People talked about it. You know, they talked about it at the edge when there were a rumble, and you look at the elimination chamber with the raw one with uh, Drew McIntyre. Every guy except Drew McIntyre is over forty. And it's like, damn. Like, I understand. Like, these guys are still in good shape. They're still big names. Are like. This this is not normal for sports. Is Seamus like, really like a huge WWE name of all time? Like, do you absolutely no, need to have he him in not. there? Like, he's uh, not. But he's also feuding with McIntyre at the moment. So right, right. I mean, why not just a one on one? Like, sense. whatever. Have an elimination chamber right. for number one contender for the other brand, or have Edge to like. I understand they're telling a story. Whatever. That's all. All they do. You know, that's what they do. They tell stories. I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> And I wanted like <laughs> just like do something else. Why don't you? <laughs> the stories are just bad. That's all yeah. it is. But they got they got another problem too that their roster is like they, they rely too heavily on guys over forty. It's just it's just what it is. When you compare it to like other sports, when guys hit thirty, they're about to cut them at the, this moment. Guys get thirty in other sports, they're looking for reasons to cut these guys. And WWE is like, oh, you thirty? Come right this way to the main event, like like. <laughs> Just hitting your prime, but like, and like, I think you agree to say like, it's not like they don't have young people on the roster they can go to mm-hmm. that are ready. I think for the most part, but They're even ready. even guys not on the roster, like, there's not a shortage of wrestling talent out there. You know, they have people I'm sure that are looking at indies and all this, or people just coming up, just getting ready to train to wrestle that haven't wrestled before. You know, there, there's not a shortage of talent out there. So that's true too. You, you know, it's and now WWE they do their own thing. They cultivate their own talent to try to uh, as early as possible. So they know the WWE way uh, first and foremost, and they don't ha- really have the ability to travel on independence to kind of find their own way. So they make it the WWE way, and you know, like it, WWE way is not always the best way. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, are they going out? I mean, they're releasing people during a pandemic where they're not even losing money. So, like, why not sign s- some talent for less than, you know, you, they don't even, I, I don't understand it. But They don't have to sign any talent. They got plenty of it, like you said, on the roster yeah. in the NXT yeah. at the Performance Center right now. They do, the but, is, you know, they, they, they got to get younger everywhere. <laughs> right. That's true. But they think they need Jeff Hardy. I think they need a Randy Orton, which I mean, yeah, it's nice that you have those guys, but like, you know, the we don't need to see him weekly, man. We don't need to see him weekly. Maybe like a couple big storylines a year at most. We don't need like every week some random match that doesn't matter, just so that we can see the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> like, we don't need to hear that every week, man. The ratings are going down regardless, so. Yeah. So you use this down, time to cultivate well your new talent. Things on the way down, like see if you can pop something. You know, so you can make something happen. But what do we know? I guess. Mm. But moving on from the the mankind promo with 
Sheik and Backlund and uh, Where he, uh, Dominic he, Danucci. They say he dislocated his knee. Okay. 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 Yeah. Dislocated <laughs> his knee, but he's still going to wrestle in a match tonight. Okay. <laughs> still walk fine. Okay. But, right. Dominic Danucci, by the way, actually trained Mick Foley in real life to wrestle. I don't know if cool. he knew that. So, actual trainer. Hmm. But then we get Michael Cole talking about this little, uh, I guess, deal they had here with the cable, the pay-per-view provider, where they're like, if you send your cable bill to this address, you can receive a free photo magnet. <laughs> it's like, bro, the post is I'm going to use to send my bill in is going to cost more than this photo magnet. What are you talking about? <laughs> but you need that. the WWF attitude. No. <laughs> no, no, that's just... The dog tax thing was pretty cool when they did that. Or like yeah. one of the in your houses back in the day. This was in your house technically too, but like when we, I forget what show it was we did, and they gave away dog tags, like WWF dog tags. Like, oh, that's a that's a pretty nice thing. Like that's a <laughs> tangible thing you can wear it, something like that. Probably uh, it was on Survivor Series '97. That was right around that time, I think. That I maybe was like, it was yeah. something like that, right? <laughs> something like that, but a magnet. <laughs> on my refrigerator <laughs> what come on I'm gonna go through all that trouble for a damn magnet a photo magnet yeah <laughs> get out of here give your That's fridge some trash. attitude oh yeah <laughs> the sour cream ain't gonna get no attitude on its own <laughs> so. this yogurt tastes bad what the hell moving on <laughs> what's that it's like this yogurt tastes bad what the hell happened some attitude. <laughs> it's got attitude now. <laughs> no, it's just I've it's two weeks past the sell by date, so or the use by date. That's why it's got attitude because of this magnet. That's dumb. That's real stupid. Moving on, we have the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Ken Shamrock, angry ass Ken Shamrock, defending against Val Venus now. Ken Shamrock apparently had a good reason to be upset. <laughs> yeah. Because somehow he's the heel here, but okay. I mean, he he is a bit of a heel. They're both. I'm putting my notes. They're both bad guys. But let's let's explain for a second. <laughs> well, yeah, I should. I should you know what? You're right. You're right. Ken Shamrock. They he him just being a hothead on his own wasn't enough. They had to give him some depth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Character <laughs> development, being, if you will. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. He needed some depth to him. Him just being the world's most dangerous man wasn't enough. He needed more. They gave him a sister. Not only did they give him a sister, they gave him a fine sister. <laughs> and Ryan Shamrock, who's going to get the attention of the boys, see? Specifically, that <laughs> that <laughs> dirty-ass Val Venus. That's probably every STD under the sun, because he's a porn star. <laughs> and of course... When she sees Val Venus, and Val Venus, Venus sees her, they start messing with each other. Th things happen. <laughs> things happen. They get they, this video package, by the way, hilarious. Match, was wild. Hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> what is this? They cut to like crazy psycho Ken Shamrock, and they're yeah. you showing Val Venus in the shower with Ryan Shamrock, and they're filling up on each other. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Bro. Every time I turned around in this video package, <laughs> Shamrock has beaten the hell out of Valvinas. That, that is what I love the most about this because they they put his uh, 
like whatever he said in the promo, I promised my sister I wouldn't lay a hand on him, and they put that in the video, and then boom, you see him like <laughs> kicking Val's ass, and it's hilarious. Whooping his ass. I laughed out loud. I'm like, bro, if I'm Val Venus, I'm leaving her alone. Like, <laughs> right? It's not worth it. Ain't Val. no like, woman worth getting my ass up every but week for. Also, Val's not the smartest guy. We we come to find no, out. No, but... and we know that now in hindsight, <laughs> yeah. given what happened to him, and you know, over the years, but. Is any woman worth getting your ass with by her brother every single week? Hell no. <laughs> no. Like, girl, you crazy. I, I, I ain't I got time for this. I'm Val Venus. Like, I can get any woman out. We hear the women in the crowd. I can mess with any of them. You're nice, but you ain't that nice. I can get my ass with every week. No, that's stupid. But he winds, he winds up dropping her anyway later down the course, road. Like, come on. Of course. That's the, that's the thing I wrote here. Is that Ken Shamrock was the bad guy in the storyline for a good reason because his sister <laughs> and storyline Ryan Shamrock is a grown woman so mm-hmm. in theory she can date whoever she wants right but and can Shamrock's mind he knows Val Venus we all know Val Venus <laughs> we know he ain't he ain't nothing all right we all know he gonna dog her out <laughs> like, <laughs> We all know this, and Ken Shamrock knew it. The only person that didn't know it in the storyline was Ryan Shamrock. Yeah. She is hypnotized by the D, I guess, as I call it. <laughs> the big Valboski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he called it that. The big Valboski. Right? And oh, she was, yeah. was blinded by that. Even though they loved each other. No, 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 no. Yeah. We knew he was going to dog her out. He had Ken Shamrock, that's why he whooped his ass every week because he knew he was going to dog her out. I'm not letting you dog her out. I'm going to beat your ass until you leave her alone. So that's what made them both bad guys. Like, who do you root for in this right. story? I don't, I don't root for anybody. Because you know Ken Shamrock, you know Valvina is going to dog her out. But Ken Shamrock is being, a, a, a you know, a, a bad brother. You know, he's, she's a grown woman. She can make those, she got to make those mistakes on her own. Even though you see it coming from a mile away, you can't force her not to do it. That's going to make her want to do it even more, if anything. <laughs> you know? Right. They would talk about in commentaries, like, oh, don't mess with a guy's little sister. It's like, man, look here, yeah. we're grown. Yeah. But I'm not going to mess with her if, she, if I'm getting my ass with David. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> now, of all that drama, that Jerry Springer, because this is pretty much straight yeah. out of Jerry Springer. Yeah. This is like Vince Russo watching Jerry Springer and going, Hmm, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, if that wasn't enough, there's also a special referee in this match for no real reason. Because Earl Hebner is a coward. Well, all the referees apparently were cowards because <laughs> <laughs> none no. of them wanted to referee Ken Shamrock well, matches. Earl Hebner was the ca- was the captain, right? And he was like, none of my referees are going to ref this. Uh, he he so. was the senior referee. He's a little coward ass. No, foe. In his place, or in the referee's place, was Billy Gunn. Oh, my goodness. Who apparently didn't like either Ken Shamrock or Val Venus, but he's out there. nobody to root for in this match. Like, I didn't want to. Even Billy Gunn wasn't a good guy. Not one. (sighs) Not one person. I do not know what they were going for with this. This was Vince Russo. Because there's some good, and then there's the bad. And then there's some stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
and this is part of that stupid stuff. It's like I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Like this I'm is gonna just quote that. I'm going to quote that on our in episode info: the good and the bad, <laughs> and then the stupid stuff. Right. The stuff that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. You know, applying logic to in logical situations, I guess. But this is really just Jerry Springer. That's all this is. This is just Jerry yeah. Springer type stuff. And I love Mari. With the you are not the father. I don't. I don't, I don't really rock with Jerry Springer though, in that type of stuff. But I, I don't. It just didn't make any sense. No, not even with the big Valboski having a hard on for you, which I had no clue what meant. That was a euphemism in 1999. I was like, that makes no sense. But okay, he's got a <laughs> he's got a heart on himself. For all the ladies, isn't Ryan jealous? I don't, I don't understand. <sighs> Look, man, it's Vince Russo, and he thought that was hysterical. Just like Venus, V E I N I S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? It rhymes with penis. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Get it? So don't get. Don't praise Vince Russo too much because he's still way, sex depraved, perverted I, goof. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I hate getting off topic, but I I'm watching Dynamite to my right on mute uh, here and there, and I literally like the second time I turn my head, they put Darby Allen in a body. Wh- whoever it was, it was like a a rope attached to a, a van, and they put Darby Allen in a body bag and started driving. So he's, while Sting was doing an interview, it was one of the weirdest things I've seen AEW ever do. I don't, I don't like that. Weird. Okay. <laughs> like it, it was. It, remember Hogan, like Taker, strapping Hogan to the motorcycle and driving him around. Remember, <laughs> that's what that they just funny. did with Darby Allen inside a body bag. Like they. Somebody said they basically redid the. Uh... Big Show Boss Man segment from '99. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? That too. Oh, God, you talk about something funny. <laughs> Big <laughs> Boss Man in 1999. <laughs> well, after this, obviously, yeah. was the most rotten dude in the he world. He was. He was. <laughs> he was a terrible person. Like a legit <laughs> heel. <laughs> he cooked Al Snow's poor little dog Pepper, <laughs> and then fed, fed it, it to him. him. Yeah. Whoa, what a terrible person. And then he <laughs> crashes Big Show's dad's funeral. <laughs> Steals the casket. <laughs> what? <laughs> he he definitely won player hater of the year in 99. Yeah. Like, yeah. Silky Johnson got it in 2000, 2001. But Big Bossman had to be a shoe in for player hater of the year in 99, boy. Whoa. How you steal this man's dad's caskets? <laughs> and Big Show jumps on it, and there's all yeah. leather. He had the all leather suit. <laughs> yeah. If they had the, the Slammies, if they had the Slammies in '99, that would have won. Oh my God! Moment of the year. Oh man! I said, <laughs> "Oh my God!" While laughing. Oh my God! That's funny. Like that's. That I, I think be that fun. was even taped. Uh, it was like on a SmackDown, and I remember reading the spoilers because they aired it. Uh, I guess to the people in the audience that day or that night. And I remember reading, uh, reading it, and I was like, "This what? Like, how is this going to play out on TV? <laughs> yeah, one of the more memorable moments for yeah. maybe not all the right reasons, but geez. 
Bossman did not kid around. <laughs> he was, man, he was an evil, evil person in 99. It just... <laughs> Rest in peace, Big Boss Man. That was, yes. that was tremendous stuff. But this okay. Intercontinental Championship match yeah. was a doozy because Val Venus is crazy as all hell today. Not a good person today, but <laughs> no. he was pretty talented back in the day as Val Venus. The, the gimmick didn't have a, a lot of legs. He was an upper body guy, yeah. Yeah, but he could grow in the <laughs> ring. Like He had a look. He, 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 he was into that character. I'm just saying, he was an upper body. He did not. He he skipped leg day every every day. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's what stood out to me here yeah. watching him. I was like, what? Like that's what? That's why he looks so weird to me back then. It's like, an upper body business, man. Like Rick yeah, he had black knee pads, black boots, and like a purple tights that nothing ever matched. And then he finally started. <laughs> he's finally got black tights like two years into his run. It just it was so weird everything about him was so weird maybe it's just because i was it was uncomfortably awkward watching his porn star stuff when my parents were watching at the same I mean, time that's fair. so that is fair but he was talented yeah he was talented so i'll give him credit for that and of course so was ken shamrock who i thought should have at least had a, a lengthy run with steve austin for the title yeah that have been good so we got two talented guys in the ring for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, Billy Gunn is there. Doesn't really fit, but he's talented too, but whatever. <laughs> this match just didn't click for me at all, bro. It slowed to a crawl at multiple points. It just seemed like they just wasn't on the same pace. It wasn't just a real flow to it. It didn't really have a flow. And then Billy Gunn is like kind of late on the, some of the pins, some of the uh, pinfalls, and it just uh, just didn't just didn't work for me. Yeah. Not didn't hold up well. And I, I don't know how I liked it back then, but this sucked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of didn't suck. I hate to say it because they're both they're really talented at the time. Dal Venus is a wild boy, but <laughs> um, at the time they were really talented. But uh, <laughs> so at some point. Ken Shamrock has Val Venus in the ankle lock. <laughs> Val is crawling through the ropes. Ryan Shamrock grabs his hand and pulls him the rest of the way to the ropes. This, of course, ticks off Ken Shamrock. His, her brother is like, hey, blood is thicker than water. What are you doing? Slap me. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I noticed that right away, and uh, one, of, <laughs> one of my friends looked at me and was like, did he just say to slap him? I was like, yeah, he, he was calling a spot because she probably forgot. I was trying to be like the cool inside wrestling person. I was like, yeah, I read this on the internet, yeah. I was like, yeah, so I was like, she missed her spot. <laughs> she missed her spot. She botched. So, yeah. <laughs> so Ken had to say it out loud for everyone to hear. So, yeah, very awkward. I mean, I guess that or he just he had to call it for because he had to know, you know, she had to know when to actually do it. She could just haul off and slap him right away. She could have. That would have been hilarious. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But you could just say, wait for me to stop talking. <laughs> like he stopped talking <laughs> for maybe, what, two seconds? It's like, slap me. <laughs> slap me. And then that was it. She slaps him with a terrible slap. Oh, brutal. 
it's bad. It makes you know Stephanie McMahon slap like punches somebody's <laughs> face off compared to what she did. Like Stephanie McMahon slaps a hell out of people, but compared to Ryan Schenbach, Stephanie Stephanie McMahon is slapping people's heads clean off their shoulders. <laughs> compared to that, smooth off. <laughs> so then we get. Billy Gunn involved. He's trying to talk some sense into Ken, I guess. Shamrock shoves Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn hits him. Ken Shamrock goes back into the ring. Gets rolled up by Shamrock. Oh, rolled up by Val Venus, I should say. And then Billy Gunn does a quick count. And then that's the end of the match. We have a new Intercontinental Champion. He goes, one, two, three. And that's how the title changed. Hands. What an awful finish. That was terrible. And then... Ken and Billy start like brawling in the aisleway, and then Ken just stops and he he leaves, and then Billy Gunn goes in the ring and starts brawling with Val. Like it was so, it makes sense. Yeah. Nothing made sense. Nothing made. But sense. I will say, this was like a our first good look at the aisle when Billy Gunn and Shamrock were in the aisle brawling. That red carpet was really cool. It was really a really a good look. I didn't, you know, you didn't see that red carpet a lot on wrestling shows, and I noticed it first in Super Brawl '98 with WCW. They had the red carpet coming down to the ring, and it just for some reason it changes the whole aesthetic for me, and I love it. I love the red carpet look. I wish they used it more. I honestly didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's just like an aesthetic for me that. Um, you know, they have the, it's wide. It takes up almost the whole aisle. It's not just a little strip. And it goes from the entrance to the ring. And I was just like, man, that, that's cool. Like, that obviously it was maybe played off the St. Valentine's Day thing because they don't normally do that. WWE doesn't normally do that. WCW did it a few times for some of their shows. And I really liked it. And it's just funny that I, that, that's what I took the most out of this match. That's because this match was garbage. Bring back so. the red carpet. <laughs> Bring it back, I guess. Anything would be better than what we just saw here. <laughs> With Shamrock, Val Venus, and Billy Gunn, and of course, Ryan Shamrock. Ryan. Man, this was bad. This was just stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> just really bad. And Ryan Moving stuck around, too, for a while, which is crazy. She did. She did. It was just, what the hell? <laughs> You're listening to The Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone, giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at shootersradio.com. Moving on, we get a commercial for a Mr. Sacco shirt. So I was very disappointed. I thought they were going to go with like the full-blown your own Mr. Sacco. But it was a shirt. I don't want a damn shirt. I want Sako himself. 
fair. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? That's unfair. That you know what's bait, funny? Bait and switch. The, the well, they got it right eventually because the the Mick Foley DVD they put out back in like 2012, 2013, I think when around the time he went to the Hall of Fame. The actual DVD actually came inside of a sock. <laughs> Like the case, like the case of the DVD came inside of a Mr. Sacco. Oh my God, I did not know. I don't that. know where that sock is. <laughs> I, think about, like, I wish I knew where that sock was. This is probably at my mom's house somewhere. But I remember I first got that. I was like, oh look at that, it's Mr. Sacco. But yeah, it came inside of a sock. Mm. About that. But they got it right eventually, though. So yeah, well, yeah selling Mr. Sacco's out like out the wazoo, like yeah. You literally could have just had somebody draw them backstage and could have sold them. Like, yeah, that could be like exactly. Some perfect thing. I was just like, so. I, I was literally watching the promo and I'm like, oh, I, I totally forgot they sold Sockos. And then it was like a t-shirt. I'm like, oh, they they didn't sell Sockos. That that checks. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> Not at this point, at least. Not at this point. Moving on, we got a grudge match, tag team match, mixed tag team match. Chain. I said chain. <laughs> <laughs> Kane and China. They should have. I mean, that was their tag team name, sure. <laughs> or Ki- or Kina. Kina. China. No, Chain. Like, wasn't it the Disciples of Apocalypse named Chain? Wasn't it one of Chains, those guys? Chains, yeah, with a Z on the end. Chains. No, 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 not this time. We got China and Kane representing the corporation going up against Triple H and X Pac, of course, representing D Generation X. China recently turned on DX to join the corporation because she wanted that money, 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 money. And I guess the corporation <laughs> offered that to her, you know, in storyline. Um, and King was in the corporation because, according to Michael Cole, he didn't want to go to the insane asylum. <laughs> so, because if you recall at the Royal Rumble, the guys in the white jackets literally chased him out of the arena with straight jackets. So, during the Royal Rumble. So yeah, eliminating himself because he just couldn't go under the ring. Mm, that and he just he could not go back to that insane asylum. It's like I'd rather <laughs> join a corporation. I'll take that. the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Either the money or be institutionalized. I'll take the money. Yeah. Every he made, he time. made the right decision. Yeah, yeah, he did. Honestly, <laughs> he did. For his own well being, he made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, you know, China and Kane comes out, but then we get DX and their entrance. And they had those, like I mentioned earlier, those jerseys that said, you know, 69 on the back and suck it on the front. <laughs> and uh, those jerseys were kind of dope for the time. I remember, like, thinking, like, I want one of those jerseys. But it's like, it was super inappropriate for yeah. a child. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> would you really be able to wear that to school or something? Probably not. I'd probably get not. in trouble. So I never saw anybody on with one, by the way. No, that's what I can think of. Not in school, at least. But the so. 69 in the back and suck yeah. it on the front. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would have went over well with my teachers. They, they were pretty dope, though. I, I did like them they were pretty at dope. the time. It was a dope piece of merchandise. It was very inappropriate, but <laughs> but it was different because we, you know, I I don't know if I'm trying to think because the XFL I don't think was even announced by this point. Uh, I think it was another no, year away from just being announced. So having like the DX football type jersey, it was kind of cool, kind of unique in a way at the time for merchandise. Yeah, they didn't announce the XFL until 2000. Yeah. 
so a year, a year before the, the you know they kicked off but yeah like and the thing is like you don't see like that type of merchandise no more with guys with, like jerseys or something like that like mm-hmm. austin had a baseball jersey had like a white baseball right, jersey yeah. jericho had the hockey jersey yep like i think even the dudleys had a, a jersey type thing for a little bit yeah i think they, they had like a baseball jersey i think yeah. it's like dudleyville on it or something yeah something like that so it's, they they you know guys just get t-shirts which is cool. I mean, I guess, you know, you can wear that, I guess, anywhere. But, like, it's good to have unique pieces of merchandise, too. Yep. Like the football jersey. And I know maybe it'd be cheesy, I guess. I don't know. But I remember I remember The Rock and Steve Austin had, like, their own football jerseys. I was like, I want that football yeah. jersey. I want to wear that to school. Like, no, yeah, Austin even had, like, the baseball one, too. So right, had, like, I'm surprised I never got baseball. that because I was, like, all about it. But. Yeah, I just for some reason I didn't like mer- wear merchandise that much, even as wrestling got as popular. Like I was just like, eh. I was just never a big fan of it as I grew up. So, right, I think the football jersey is dope. Or the hockey jersey, people wear mm-hmm. hockey jerseys. Like some people wear football jerseys, streetwear and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. WWE, get bring some of that stuff back, that unique stuff, like the the novelty stuff, I should say. Some of that novelty merchandise. Of course, your bread and butter are the T-shirts, and you know, for Austin 316, it's the Austin 316 shirt or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your bread and butter. But like every now and then, put out that white baseball jersey as you have the pinstripes when he had the, the blood dumped on him. He had that white jersey on so it can showcase the blood. Well, like I said, that that Jericho hockey jersey where it was like a little like a Rangers jersey because his dad played for the Rangers, but it said Y2J on it, so that was dope. Or the DX jersey, like I thought. You know, those those one-off novelty, maybe a limited run. You don't sell them all the time, but give them a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. I think they're dope. You know, at least they were back in the late 90s. So. Uh, <laughs> Triple H comes out and does this Michael Buffer knockoff thing. <laughs> and let's get ready to suck it! And all that. You know, very inappropriate spin on Michael Buffer's <laughs> shtick. And then he called China a big jacked up B. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not nice at all. That was just mean. Brawler. I know she she supposedly broke his heart, you know, in storyline. Mm-hmm. But come on. Hey. Even though in reality it's the other way around. She low blood, man. I don't know by this point oh. though. But not yeah. yet. But he's going to. He he quit a match against The Rock because Kane was gonna choke slam China. That's oh. love, man. That's love. Yeah. No, she she knew it was coming. <laughs> she fired she, the first she shot. She saw him looking at Steph backstage, like, "Oh, oh, can we like that, huh? Take this, ha, low blow. We're not going to use this." <laughs> <laughs> what was all the surgery for? Damn it. <laughs> she yeah. she was looking good. I'm saying, just saying. She was. She got Playboy and all that. Mm. She was. So, Cole, Michael Cole made an interesting statement during this match, before this match, I should say, that it was the first time that a woman wrestled a man in WWF. It's like, is that true? Like, I didn't know that was true. Because, I mean, she was in the Royal Rumble, so technically that wasn't necessarily the first time. But also, there were other mixed tag matches before this. Mm-hmm. Including WrestleMania 6 was Sapphire and Dusty versus 
Macho Man, or was it? Was it yeah, Saffron Dusty versus Macho Man and, and um, Queen Sherry. But th- I guess the men didn't wrestle the women technically in that match, where China right. was definitely wrestling the men. Right. The mi- the mixed tag, I guess, is different for that reason, because this technically wasn't right. a mixed tag. They they didn't like label it a mixed tag match. They said it though. They said it like multiple times. Like it was a mixed tag match, something like that. I'm like for for this match, I must have missed that. Because yeah, it just seemed like China sure, was another uh, wrestler like to me. You know, she was she was wrestling both X Pac and Triple H like it was nothing. Well, yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, like China, notice she's definitely wrestling with the men. But like I thought, they said at least I thought Howard Finkel or Michael Cole said that this was a mix mm. or intergender. Maybe I, mean, you I don't. C- you know. could I don't be care. right. I could have missed it. I might have missed it right. just because to me, I I wasn't like kind of looking for that either because at this point china has already been, like you said already been wrestling men for quite a while you know and it wasn't like people bought that you know they bought that china had a you know chance i guess against the guys because of the way she was per- perceived and the way she did it like the way she went out and physically did that and i think the only thing in this match was like she even did like a running power slam on x-pac and I obviously I don't think she could have done it on Triple H because Triple H was kind of like very thick at this point, uh, get bigger and bigger. But X Pac, you know, she was able to lift him up and and do the running power slam. I mean, like that's still pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, for me, I didn't even think one way or the other. I was like, yeah, China. Even as an eighth grader back then, I didn't even I didn't, I wasn't like this is lame. Why is a woman wrestling? Like I I bought it. I was like, she can go. <laughs> right. China, like, she was just the ninth wonder of the world, man. She was she was special. Um, so rest in peace to China. I'm glad they put her in a WWE Hall of Fame. Should have did it while she was alive. Yeah. Uh, but WWE, as usual, so for some reason, just missed the boat on that type of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, she was definitely a one of a kind, like, as far as an act. And uh, definitely one of the top females WWF has ever had. Like, period. And, you know, trailblazer, a ground-breaking type of performer, which she, like, we talked about it before. Two-time Intercontinental Champion. She's in the King of the Rings. She's in the Royal Rumble. Like, doing stuff that a lot of women have never done. China was doing it. So, and she wanted to wrestle the men full-time. Like, she wanted to be, like, WWF Champion, at least challenging for that belt. Yeah. And she never quite broke through that glass ceiling. Um, But, yeah, rest in peace to China. So, mm-hmm. but for this match, we got a third member of the commentary team, <laughs> and that was Shane McMahon, who I think everybody loves Shane McMahon, but I don't think there should be at least anyone that loves Shane McMahon on commentary. He sucked on commentary. <laughs> he was just super duper obnoxious, and I hated every second of it. Not get it, he's supposed to be the heel. But even before that, when he would just call Sunday night heat matches, he sucked. He was trash. He was never good on commentary. <laughs> which is why he didn't do it for very long. Uh I just I I, I thought it was hilarious because he was kind of bad, but I thought that was on purpose. So maybe it was, but maybe like may, like I, I mean, said, maybe yeah. not in the beginning. Like maybe he's trying it out and he realized he's not good. So whenever they do an angle that he is on commentary, he's just gonna be as obnoxious as possible and just maybe laugh. <laughs> yeah, come on! Get him, China, get him! <laughs> boom, 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 boom! 
Oh, shame. I just think back to the WrestleMania Rage party and how drunk he was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least how drunk we thought he was. He seemed like it. Yeah, that's true. Got to put that disclaimer in there, but... (laughs) We don't know for sure. We didn't do a blood alcohol, you know, level (laughs) test on him, but... He wasn't like Tom Brady (laughs) coming back from the Bucks parade. Oh, my God. Hey, look, man, when you win seven championships, you can turn up however you want to turn up. But <laughs> my boy Tom was getting carried out of the parade today. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's funny because people were like, wow, he got turned all the way up, Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you got to cut them some of these guys some slack, especially the smaller guys. Yeah. Because in order to stay under 200 pounds, you're probably not drinking a whole lot, mm. you know, especially not beer. That's all calories. So you're not doing a bunch of drinking. You're not doing a, you know, or maybe you might do some wine here and there, maybe. But you're not drinking a bunch of vodka and rum and tequila, or whatever, or beer. So when you win the Super Bowl, I noticed that when we won the Super Bowl, a lot of the they was getting tore up <laughs> at the parade <laughs> because they hadn't drank all season. And hey, even the Phillies parade, Phillies parade, the first time I saw my team win, <laughs> we it was quite quite a bit of uh, alcohol being consumed. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, damn, I can tell you when I was in the, the damn last bus that there were no players on. They were throwing <laughs> beers at us left and right. It was a dangerous situation at some points. <laughs> so, you know, some players are catching them and chugging them, and by the time we got to the art museum, it was a wrap. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was gone. And rightfully so. It was, it was a celebration. You got you to right, right. live it up. You got to mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. So... I don't blame Tom Brady for getting turned up. <laughs> Probably or... have seven shots for each Super Bowl. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Throwing a trophy acro- across bodies of water? Yeah, I didn't see that. That's I heard about that. Stuff. I got I to gotta watch that. I didn't see oh, the video No, yet. he threw it from one boat to another. And they oh, caught that's... it, fortunately. But that thing fell in the water. That's probably the end of that. Somebody have to go down there and get that. <laughs> I don't know if that trophy floats. I doubt it. Let's find out next year. No, 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 no. You're going to throw that in the school kill and try to get that out? You're going to die. You'll find a dead body before you find the trophy. It's going to disintegrate the school. <laughs> no, sir. I'm not going out there to get it. I'll say that right now. I don't think anybody should for their own safety. We think the Mississippi River is bad. Let's get Al Snow and uh, Bob Holly to get out there. <laughs> they need a quick payday. They can use a quick payday. <laughs> But um, back to this to this match though. Uh, at one point, X Pac knocks Shane McMahon down, which is of course a little spark they needed for their WrestleMania match eventually for the European Championship. Um, <clears throat> Shane McMahon is upset; he doesn't like it. But eventually, X Pac hits China with the Bronco Buster, which is again one of the most over moves in, in wrestling at this point. Like people went crazy for the Bronco Buster. It's wild to think about in hindsight. Yeah. It's a simple, not really that exciting move where people went bonkers for the Bronco Buster. I never Buster. got it. I still don't get it, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's like you realize you they're not even you. hitting the person, but okay. I mean, in theory, he's like jumping up and down on her chest. I mean, he, he was making contact, but it was, I mean, she was a woman, so she had, if it was a man, he probably would not be making contact. So she had a little more 
Christian, I guess you say. <laughs> she, she had um, her skin uh, was closer to the point of contact than a man's skin would have been. Hey, man. Some of these guys have some big pecs. Uh, I mean, if he was doing it to Triple H, maybe, but not. <laughs> maybe not Kane. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Triple H was getting big at this point. He was. He was becoming quadruple H. <laughs> Add another H on there. He was getting ready for a singles run, man. Like, I can't be skinny. Yeah, skinny yeah Triple H, it's true. You know? Yeah, he had to bulk up a little bit. Which, but and this reminded me, by the way. He talked about when we did the deep dive on the 99 Rumble, how that promo, the DX promo, kind of hinted towards them splitting. And as we'll see, that continued into this match where there was also a hint of a split. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, it, was, it, was it kind happening. of remi- reminded me a little bit about uh, what you said about that. Um, I yeah, obviously didn't see it back then. Me as a fan, I was like, DX isn't going to split. They even did like the tease before China even joined the corporation. She's like, if the only, the only one that's going to split it is me or something like that, then Ch- China mooned the crowd. And I, re- I remember being confused. They were talking about like a DX split. And I totally forgot about this until the video package before this match. I totally forgot that happened. And you thought the like, split was somewhat like her, her, her mooning the crowd? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did it. And, you know, Michael Cole was like, they got us, King. I was like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? Like, I had no, I, I had not thought they were even going to split. So this had to happen, like, after, obviously, I forget when that happened. Probably in the fall, maybe, or closer to the winter. I, I don't exactly remember when they did that, but it was in the video package before this match. So, hey, I recall that. Very, very weird. But it's funny <laughs> because I, I'm picking up things about them hinting at, the split that I didn't pick up back then. Mm-hmm. That's it. I saw the door rumble. It was clearly going to happen. But one thing was clear is that Shane McMahon did not like X Pac. And while X Pac was hitting the Bronco Buster, Shane McMahon attacked him. <laughs> and then he ran away. He did. Caused X Pac to chase after him for no reason. Like, why? You had a whole match going on. You're just going to leave? And then that left Triple H by himself, mm. which is why Triple H left DX eventually. It's like, mm. y'all are stupid. I can't mess with y'all. <laughs> I can't bang with y'all. Like I can't, I'm going to get beat just being because y'all dumb. You just leave me like that? <clears throat> and Triple H almost had to win. He's about to pedigree yeah. China. Mm-hmm. Then Kane came in and chokeslammed him. Damn. And then he pulled China on top of Triple H, and that was it. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. And Triple H is like, you know what? They got me. And you know what? They going to get me again because I'm going to join them. Next Can't time. beat them. Join them. I'm going to join them. And the next month, at WrestleMania, I'm going to do it. But before that, we got to have China turn on Kane, right? Right? <laughs> and then act like she's leaving the corporation. But then she rejoins the corporation when she joins me. And then we turn on DX. And then, yeah, 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 we out. We just, <laughs> we, it's going to get real confusing, but just know. That was day. weird. It it felt like my Philly Macho Man Liz moment when China and Triple H reunited at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then they just <laughs> turn around to turn on DX. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second. Macho Man and Liz didn't do that? Come on. <laughs> right. It's just so like they had to turn on Kane, then turn on DX. Vince Russo. <sighs> That's the name to remember here. That is the name to remember. But moving on to 
the richest prize in the industry, the WWF Championship. It would be defended in a last man standing match. One of my least favorite stipulations going. We must have a winner. We must have. You know when they said that, <laughs> there was not going to be a winner. No. Mankind defending the championship against The Rock. Now, you said earlier, The Rock's got to win. Mankind can go to WrestleMania. I thought the same thing. I thought, wait a minute. I didn't know the mankind won the kept the title here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I was like, wait a second, the Rock won it the Rumble. Like, what happened between that? I was like, oh yeah, halftime heat, duh. <laughs> halftime heat, which we did live commentate. We did in a past episode of the Straight oh, Shooters. I should have which... tweeted that out or po- reposted it. Damn it! It's all right. It's <sighs> all right. It's in the archives. If you're listening to it right now, go check it out. Uh, it was a dope episode of the Straight Shooters back in the day. Also a fun match to just watch. It's crazy, I think we hit, it's we, crazy we, to think about that they we did have a the match. audio too. So you yes. can listen to it. Yes. And it's crazy to do a match during halftime of the Super Bowl and people watched it. Like, yeah. I know they did it a couple years ago. I'm trying to they think did which, it. It was on WWE Network. Was. It was like an NXT match. Yeah. Was that like during the Patriots Rams Super Bowl? Oh, I have no clue. Yeah, I think so because it wasn't the Eagles Patriots. So they didn't do that before then either. No, because I so. definitely didn't watch it that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 2019, so that would have been uh, Patriots, Patriots Rams, Rams yeah. the next year. Yeah, because you know I, I didn't. I watched this particular match. I didn't watch. I wouldn't have watched it during the Eagles one. Right. I I taped that <laughs> on the the halftime beat with Mankind and the Rock. I remember. I was like, it's gonna have its own tape. I'm not gonna tape anything over it, or you know, I had one of those like 60 minute like Disney tapes or whatever. <laughs> I remember putting the piece of tape on it and be like, you're gonna be my halftime heat tape. I forget what I taped <laughs> over though, but <laughs> yes, that was a, that was a wild time that they just yeah. they would just do that. Uh, genius concept though, because it gave people. Yeah. I'm sure people turned off halftime show to watch a wrestling match because wrestling was so hot back in 1999. Mm-hmm. But this is after halftime heat. This match year, and we got mankind. Of course, he won the title at halftime. He's defending against the Rock, and mankind started the match. By turning his back and putting his hands behind his back, like as if he was handcuffed, like he was at the Royal Rumble. Mm. I don't know what that really accomplished. I guess it was his version of the rope dope. <laughs> yeah. I guess works better with from behind, and then I'll make right. I guess works better with the Rock than the with Mark Henry, though. Because mm. Mark yeah. Henry punches punch through your chest. <laughs> 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 don't do that. Don't let Mark Henry punch you. Just, just Word don't. Just don't. Don't do that. Um, but you know, The Rock was like, "Okay, I'll beat you up," and he did. But eventually, Man kind of hit him with the title belt. They fought to up the entrance way into the stands and all that electrical equipment stuff that they did at the Royal Rumble. And Michael Cole's like, "No, <laughs> don't go the electrical equipment! My God, remember what happened last time?" Yes, we do. It just happened last month. Tell him again, Michael. Tell him again. Do you remember what happened last time? <laughs> right. Vince is like, make sure they know that this happened last month. The Royal Rumble King. Thought. Do you remember what happened? <laughs> yes. I was there, idiot. I like, like, like Jerry Lawler would say that. The, the thing I hated the most about him, though, he would always say King. Like, he was talking to him. But I, like, hated it. I know Jim Ross did it, too, but it's like... Oh, King, do you believe this? It's like, stop. Please stop. Actually, I do. I'm watching it right now. (laughs) 
eventually mankind ddt's the rock through a table that had monitors on it and then you know this is when i think this first time when the referee started counting to 10 and i was thinking like man because i thought this during the kevin owens roman reigns match at the Royal rumble like if this was a boxing match it would be a tko right away like yeah. <laughs> these dudes yeah. are wobbling and they barely make it back to their feet before the count of 10 <laughs> like all your feet have to do in the last man standing match is touch the ground you don't have to even you can stand up for a second and they'll stop the right. count and you just fall back down yeah like this is boxing tko matches over <laughs> you can't answer the eight count you can't answer a standing you gotta have a standing eight count you gotta stand up before the count of eight to not get tko'd in boxing or ko'd i guess in yeah boxing and they and they KO'd. count quick too the boxing refs yeah because one look, two three <laughs> ten seconds not one yeah <laughs> Two. Two. Mississippi. Three. <laughs> like, ten years account. And then the dude just barely makes his toes barely touch the ground. And like, okay, he's up. Then he falls <laughs> back down. This man's eyes are all in the back of his head. He's stumbling. <laughs> Looks like a damn zombie out there. Who's the ref for this match, by the way? Uh, I did not pay attention. Errol Hebner. Oh. There you go. Okay. That's every wrestling referee, though. I know, but Earl Hebner sucks. So dudes will roll out of the ring and like roll to the on their feet, like to just just to stand up. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. Like, okay, he's up. We it's haven't like, seen no, that more often, but yeah. yeah, it's just a very big difference between wrestling and boxing. So eventually, we get back into the ring. Mick Foley tries the people's elbow, but he missed. And then The Rock t- capitalizes by beating up Mick Foley outside of the ring and then grabs the headset again. <laughs> Every big match this man had, he would grab the headset, grab a microphone during the match and start talking trash. The only one to do it around, like the this, this time. No one at WCW did it. No one at ECW did it. The Rock was the only one. And it, it was, was fantastic every single time. Yeah. <laughs> he would... He said, I'm going to beat you with different languages. He's like, Vale, <laughs> <Yeah>. Francais. <laughs> I'm going to do it in Chinese. <laughs> he was fantastic. But one thing I noticed while they were battling it out outside of the ring was that the ring, the ringside area used to be so crowded because they had all the photographers, yeah. they had all the bunch of cameramen. Yep. And I've I put that like that's a it was a good and bad thing because I understand WWE when they got rid of all the photographers and all that that you want a more of a clean shot you want more room for your wrestlers to be able to do stuff you don't want the, a bunch of people in their way and a bunch of wires and cables getting mm-hmm. pulled <clears throat> so it's a much cleaner visual when stuff is happening outside of the ring I understand that but also I kind of like this because it. It added to just how frantic and how crazy things are getting outside of the ring. Like, you got a bunch of people out there. There's a bunch of stuff going on. It's just kind of chaotic. <laughs> when now, guys are kind of outside of the ring. It looks kind of sterile. It looks kind of just, like, sanitized. It looks basic. It's just like, oh, here they go outside of the ring again. It, was, mm. it looks as, almost as if this is supposed to happen. Because there's, there's so much room for them to operate, you know? Yeah. There's no one in their way. Because the match is supposed to take place in the ring. You look at a boxing, let's say a boxing match or a UFC show. 
everything happens in the ring or in the cage, obviously. So there's people right next to the cage or right next to the ring doing their jobs, keep, you know, doing their scorecards or doing whatever. Because there's no need to have a whole bunch of room outside the ring. Because <laughs> like, they're right. not going to be out there. Mm-hmm. So, that's... So, like, again, I understand why they don't have it that way anymore. But to me, it kind of added to, again, I guess that realism of, you know, these people are here because that's, this is where photographers usually are anyway. So, and now when stuff is happening outside the ring, it looks like it's not supposed to happen. It's just chaotic and frantic and cameras are moving and and people are scurrying out the way, and it's just—I don't know. It's like I said, it's good and bad. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it the way you like it. I thought it was too too much. I always thought it was too much. I first really noticed it at WrestleMania 11 with LT and Bam Bam when they had all the they had the photographers there pretty much the whole night. But uh, I'm never a fan of that. I, I know it's for like the magazines and stuff like that, but. Uh, I hated it. I felt it looked too cluttered, and I didn't like that. I pr- actually prefer the aesthetic of no one on the outside, uh, the way you don't at this point, because you feel like it. It, it kind of like yeah, things happening outside is normal, where really it shouldn't be, but it is now. And uh, what I what I do like, I guess, with the Thunderdome now, it's just it's weird. I, I don't like it. But like with a live crowd, I guess I like it better. But I do, I do, I do like that they don't have anyone outside the ring, basically, and everything is too clean. And it's weird because it goes against like why I hate WWE's products of how they make it look so like simple and kind of like annoying and just stupid at times. But that's one area that I kind of like dig. And I, if there were too many people there, I would feel like weird i don't know i understand explain it. it i understand it like i get to, to con- like like i understand this over like why they do the shaky cam like i don't understand the shaky cam so <laughs> i don't think anyone does I, what's that i don't think anyone understands the shaky no cam, not except at two all people so, <laughs> right Vince man and kevin dunn yeah but with this i i actually do understand it so that's why i'm not like like wholly against it mm. Would I prefer it the old way? Yeah, but I like I get, I get this. I understand why. I understand the logic behind this. Where a lot of other things WWE does, I just I can't find the logic in it. It's just something that they just randomly, arbitrarily did just because. But with this, it makes total sense why they did it. That doesn't mean I still 100% agree with it, but I I get it. You know what I'm saying? So you know it's all right. <clears throat> you know this way it is. Like I said, it's cleaner. It is. The guys got more room so they could do like more stuff, you know what I'm saying, without having being restricted by a bunch of cameramen or a bunch of cable and wire and stuff like that. So I do understand that. And I don't, and I'm, I, maybe the wrestlers prefer it that way too. But there's something about that, <clears throat> just that franticness of the old way that I kind of like and kind of miss. But I, I get, you know, some things they can stay in the past, I guess. So. I don't know, but <clears throat> we move on to <laughs> mankind is about to I think it looks like he's about to pile drive the rock through the announce table. Yeah, but the rock reverses and flips and backdrops. Oh, I should say man. mankind off the announce table Brilliant. onto the floor, and Michael Cole <laughs> would have thought he saw someone get shot in the face right in front of him because <laughs> he yelled no like. 
like in a, like a movie. No! Like somebody fell off a cliff or something. <laughs> like, <clears throat> no, no, no. He said no, it like six times. No. And then literally there were like two or three seconds go by. And then all Lawler responds with is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and only one time, too. He's just like, this yes. Daniel Bryan got it from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just so funny. I, I I made a note of that too. Uh, Michael Cole screaming no like a billion times, but and Lawler responds just by saying yes once. Like that made me laugh. <laughs> like what were they trying to accomplish? I understand his head was supposed to hit the announce table or something like that. Yeah, and they and... should have replayed where it was clear. It didn't, but it, I thought it should have been more <laughs> of the knee because the knee hit like the chair or whatever it was. Like that was that should have been where the attention was drawn because like could he get up? Like, can he stand? And like they already did the knee angle before. So I don't know why he was so much talking about his head hitting the table, which it didn't, but and not his left knee, which it, that confused me a little bit. I was like, am I following the right story at this point? Like, what the hell's the story going? Like, come on. It's his knee, Michael. Just, no! That's the story. <laughs> That is the story. Then The Rock eventually gets steel steps and tosses him oh, yeah, right on top of right on the floor. And, <laughs> and Cole says, God darn it. <laughs> God darn it. <laughs> Bruh. Oh. All right, Michael Cole. That's enough. That's definitely not what Jim Ross said. If he would, no, I, he'd be like, I, damn it. I did Son of a bitch. <laughs> hear, uh, yeah, I did hear. I guess Jim Ross was producing him here and there. Obviously, Vincent Mann was too. But I think Ross was back at this point, like helping him through the headset. Uh, here and there, uh, maybe the whole night, I don't know. But I made it, I was like, there's no way Ross said, God darn it. <laughs> God darn it. Like, you couldn't make yourself sound more corny, <laughs> especially during the attitude there. Right. When you got Triple H calling. This is where everyone turned on Cole. <laughs> right. He got Triple right H calling his ex girlfriend, his ex lover, jacked up B. <laughs> yeah. And here you are saying, God darn it. All right, dweeb. That was it. And Michael Cole, I, I just that was it for him. Yeah, he never came back from that. <laughs> the rock crossed the line. He, <laughs> God darn it! Come on. But then the rock gets on the microphone, and everything is so much better because <laughs> he starts singing "Heartbreak Hotel" from Elvis, but with his own. It's the rock remix. <laughs> Talk about Jabroni Drive and the SmackDown Hotel. Ba 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 boo. <laughs> <laughs> this man just loved getting on the microphone during matches and doing random he stuff, did, singing, cussing people out. He was so damn good at it. It he pissed me off. I was angry back then. I was like, "Come on, Mick, <laughs> get him! He's singing now. He's get him! He's singing." <laughs> And then when he, when Mick finally got the mandible claw on him, and he Rock literally like leaves the microphone by his mouth. Yeah. And he goes, "Whoa, oh!" I was dying. That was amazing. <laughs> that was great. Like he could have tossed the microphone. He could have like sold it that way. But no, he he needed to make sure that everyone heard that, which right, is amazing. Right. I love it. <laughs> Gotta love the rock. And he 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 would keep doing it. Backlash. He put the headset on, and he grabbed the camera. 
Yeah. And yeah. Steve Austin gave him the stunner. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so stupid. So good. So, good. so dumb. <laughs> so while The Rock is in the mandible claw, he knocks Earl Hebner out of the ring, who I know you hate Earl Hebner. I was cheering he for took that. A of, took a hell of a bump here. Knocked Did you admit out. that? Knocked out. Knocked clean out. <laughs> right? And until Mick Foley got him up, you know, <laughs> so he can count. Because Earl's got to count. We saw this at, uh, what was that, No Way Out 2001. All Earl knows what to do. He's got to count something. <laughs> yeah. Refs, ref, shoot a shoot, refs count. Do not be around Earl when there's a pin happening because he'll let you, he'll leave you out to dry. <laughs> like, you could be shot with your leg hanging off and he'd be like, oh, pinball, and just drop you right in the neck. Do not let him drive anywhere because if he passes somebody getting pinned, he's getting out <laughs> as the car is driving. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> Officials got to officiate, man, at all times. But eventually, The Rock and Mankind both get their hands on a steel chair. <laughs> and they clock each other in the head with it at the same time. And they both go down. And Earl Hebner counts to ten. And neither man gets up. Mm. Even though there must be a winner, mm. we didn't get a winner. The crowd knows right away it's BS. He doesn't even... The announcement doesn't even happen yet. They're booing like hell. <laughs> As they should. Because to this point, Memphis has kind of gotten screwed with this show. <laughs> like, we, we sat through Bossman and Midian for this? Wait right, a second. Gold dust and blue dust? And y'all gave us a, a draw? Oh, hell no. <laughs> you might have to give us our money back on this one. Mm. <laughs> so Mankind keeps the belt only for one more night, obviously. <laughs> but he keeps the belt. But both guys are taken out on stretchers and put into ambulances. Jerry Lawler says, I know a good I know the name of a veterinarian you could take mankind to. <laughs> it's messed up. And but like I said, they weren't in the local medical facility for very long because they got out the next night and the rock beat mankind for the title. And off to WrestleMania he went. <clears throat> I was so confused. I was like, how does mankind versus Austin work? That makes no sense. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, Hogan Warrior was face versus face. Maybe they're doing that. Wow, you compared that to <laughs> Hogan and Warrior. I did. Hey, listen, man, I was on the internet. I knew stuff. <laughs> Holy hell. No disrespect to mankind, but he wasn't <laughs> quite Warrior or Hogan. That's a much different. I don't know, man. That was a big pop when he beat The Rock on <laughs> January <did>. 4th. <laughs> He did. No disrespect. I said, legend, Hall of Famer. Love Mick Foley. Gave his life to wrestling. That's, you know. But not quite on that level as far as popularity. But Philly, hey. Philly would have loved Austin versus Foley. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we loved it in 98, right? And he's due love yeah, and all that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Did they even you know? come to Philly yet? Oh, yeah, they they did. It was Austin McMahon on Raw when Do Love showed back up to oh attack God. Austin. See? Yeah, that was in Philly. See? Mm. So it was probably like, what the hell? <laughs> just, the whole point of this match was that 
Steve Austin, because of Commissioner Shawn Michaels, was given the title shot at WrestleMania. Well, that's because so, Vince uh, waived all his rights and privileges. So rights and privileges. Those right. are the runner-up. <laughs> exactly. So Steve Austin is. You would think, you would think the owner match. of the company would know that, but <laughs> yeah, he's stupid. That's why he's a bad guy because he's dumb. That's what he should be, at least. But. So Austin is the number one contender for the title, but he wanted Vince McMahon in the ring so bad that he put his number one contendership on the line at St. Valentine's Day Massacre in the cage. He wanted him so bad. And in the video package, they show Steve Austin in the corporate gauntlet. And one thing I noticed is that, yo, that was a raw... In the Sky Dome. Was. <laughs> like 30,000 people. A taped Raw, too. I don't think that was live. Holy hell. Yep. I remember You're that. You're talking about hot. No promotion today could run a stadium for a television taping and draw more than like 10,000 people. Did you notice how different the lighting was? Because they went in 97 to the Sky Dome. Uh, that was right as they started like changing their TV to, to like Raw for two hours. And uh, they were in the Sky Dome for Monday Night Raw, and it was so dark. They darkened the arena so much. that They didn't darken anything for this Raw no. that was in the Sky Dome. Because you saw clearly they, how packed it was. They darkened the arena because there wasn't that many people there. Right, exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. To fill up that big old stadium. Fast forward yeah. two years, and you're highlighting every damn seat that's in there. Exactly. You know, Sky Dome, better known as today as the Rogers Center. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, that's insane though. They had like thirty thousand. Yeah. WCW did it at yeah. 90, in '98 at the Georgia Dome. They had like forty thousand people. Yeah. Wrestling was big time, folks. WCW went to a bunch of domes for Nitro yeah. back in like '97, '98, and maybe early '99. Not so much after that, but yeah, they were selling out those arenas, uh, domes. Right. I mean. You're not putting a button every single seat in the stadium, but you still got more than what you usually have in an arena. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Georgia Dome, 40,000. That's why for our TV taping, Sky Dome, I think they said they had 25, 30,000 people or something like that for a TV taping. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's when your product is hot. That's not a pay-per-view. It's not a WrestleMania. You know, it, I know it's a pandemic, so we can't say, oh, they can't do it now. But I'm talking, let's say 2019. WWE nor AEW could do that. They're not come. They're not going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know, in, in Atlanta, no longer the Georgia Dome, or even the the, the stadium in Jacksonville, and putting thirty thousand people in there. Unless it's for like the biggest show of the year, they might do it for the biggest show of the year. I don't know if they'll do it for TV taping. Mm-mm. Which, and now that I think about it, with things open back up like for good, they might try that. They might not do like the entire stadium AEW, like a like a wrestle like WWE for WrestleMania, but if they did half the stadium for a big AEW show, they could probably pull that off for like the like I don't know what the biggest show would be. I guess it would be all if it was if it's not double or nothing. I guess it would be all out. But that's in September. Yeah. I don't know how they can secure that yeah. date because uh, that's football season. Right. Yeah. Even late August, you know, they're, they they got to go around. <laughs> training camp so and, right, you know preseason is probably going to come back at some point so oh 
if, <laughs> if they're allowed to have fans and they're allowed to do preseason games, preseason is for sure coming mm. back because your owners want to want that money. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's for sure coming back. It may not be as many games, uh, as many, uh, yeah, it may not be as many games if they add a 17th game, uh, which is like the, the word on the street that might happen. But, um, you know, if it's like less games preseason, but they're still going to want it to come back. Mm. They're going to do it. So, <clears throat> so I can see, you know, AEW doing that in the future, one point, like a big for like a big show though, not for Dynamite though, right. like a big show. Uh, but back to the main event of this show, they had to construct the case before the sh- before the match, so they show people doing that. And I'm thinking like, when were they? Was this like the one of the last time they used the, the bar? I feel like they were using the Cyclone Fence cage before this too though, but maybe they weren't. Maybe I'm tripping. And breakdown in '98. This was in September. They had the blue bar one still with like a little weird thing at the top. Mm. Uh, maybe they used it on Raw because when Big Boss Man came back, did they have like the Stooges in the in the cage with the Boss Man? I think Vince was like punishing them or something. So they might have had the black one for that. Uh, but, so they weren't, but they weren't using the Cyclone Fence cage yet. Still, no. If they. If they did, it was like a one-off by this point. Because th- that... I-, I honestly think they just did this cage for Vince. But at the same time, I- I'm trying to think back. I was like, I could have sworn they had like the chain link fence before this for at least once or twice. But That's what I'm thinking. I, I know they wrong. had it for Hell in a Cell. Right. And that's a different match. But the I'm one that the yeah, surrounds matches. the ring, I'm not sure. Because... They've had so many different chain link cages over the years. You know, there's so many different prototypes they've had. Uh, I just I don't know when the first one was, uh, but yeah, other than Hell in a Cell, yeah, I this would be the. I did write down. I believe this is the first time the black old school cage was used, but it might have been used on Raw just for that. Boss Man Stooges segment because I don't think that was a chain link fence either because they had Kane they had I remember they greased up like the middle of the cage so when Kane came out the fire you know his his pyro was like in the center of the cage on each side and I, you could you can make out that that's where they kind of like painted where, where this flammable material I guess so the fire would stay but. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Because mm. they had before WrestleMania two when they debuted that blue bar cage, they had the the, the typical cage, the, the chain link or cyclone fence cage or whatever. But then they shifted right. to that that right. blue bar cage. It's like the reinforced cage, and they just kept it for years. It looked cool. I gotta admit, man, I loved it. I prefer the the traditional cage. I did. It looks like I did after the fact. Um, Growing up and watching like these cage matches and starting to watch WCW and seeing their cages and I compared them, I was like, I liked. The, I think it was the Bret Hart Owen Hart match that why I was like, man, this cage is awesome. I, I, I guess just the way it looked. Maybe it was the SummerSlam ring apron that was blue and yellow that it just looked so cool sitting on top of that. It was all about aesthetic for me. Really, it was. And it, around this time. I wanted them to move to that like chain link fence type thing because I was like, that's a real steel cage. But, you know, I guess painting that cage black, it made it look so much cooler because there's attitude error, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was on and off with 
the cages. I I liked each really each one that they've done. I've kind of liked, and like I haven't really disliked one. Mm. So I, yeah, I I don't really dislike the blue bar. I just know that the guys didn't like it because it, it didn't have any give. But I, and I think yeah. the, the other yeah. one looks so much better. Just just traditional cage matches. That's right. what I think. Right. You know. I mean, yeah, war games. Like Flair, Dusty, yeah, war games, right. yeah. Hell in a Cell, Tully versus uh, uh, Magnum, Magnum TA, Arcade. Yeah. Like that's what I think about. Or Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter, like all that. Right. That those are those are the cage matches I think about. I don't mm-hmm. think about the bars, even though that no, they they had in WWF for like I guess over a decade, but long time, yeah. Yeah, long time, but not not really my thing. And I'm glad they still keep the uh the the, the chain link or whatever fence type of cage today yeah. so now it's just, it, it just looks weirder because they make it wider so feet can fit through it easier it's just it's weird but yeah it's still cool but to the match though vince well steve Austin's the first one in the cage so vince is the second one out but he's kind of playing these mind games doesn't want to get in he eventually gets in steve Austin tries to get in but vince won't let him <laughs> and then vince Falls off the cage and it's like, "Ow, my knee!" And he's down there selling his knee. It looks like he's in bad. He has, you know, he's got bad knees. He's, in, he's like, "Oh, my knee, I'm hurt." And then Vince stupidly is like, "Ooh, he's hurt now. Now I'm gonna go get him." And he steps out of the cage and tries to attack Steve Austin, but Steve Austin was playing possum. See, <laughs> playing possum, and predictably attacked Vince McMahon when he got out there because Vince McMahon is dumb. <laughs> the character of Vince McMahon is dumb, I should say. One thing about the word possum. I didn't know for years that the word possum has an O at the beginning. Yeah. I didn't know that until the last like five years or so. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I remember if they had said something like that on the closed caption, I'd be very confused. I'd be like, there's no O before. I don't know why that's a typo in the closed caption. It's possum, P O S S U M. Like, it's possum, not O possum. We don't say O possum, but yeah, I thought the same thing. There's an O there. Um,. Eventually, Steve Austin beats up McMahon into the stands, and it's just the fans, and they're yelling oh at him. Oh, my God. You see that? <laughs> did, you, did you see the fan that, like, threw something on Austin's back? I did not. Oh I was typing. God, that was amazing. What did he throw on him? It was, uh, so you don't see it right away. You just see something come flying on Austin's back. And all of a sudden, his back is drenched in, like, wetness. <laughs> and oh, man. Uh, I don't know if it was a beer or a soda or what. And I, I believe it was, like, right after. Like, Mike Kyoto is the referee during this match. And he's following them. And he's trying to, you know, keep the fans at bay that w- exactly where Austin and McMahon are. He's trying to, you know, like, give them room. So he, he yells something at a fan. And he turns around. And then I don't know if it's the same fan or somebody else throws something and it hits Austin in the back and you could like see Austin kind of like it's when he turns around a little bit and starts going backwards but he doesn't you know look seek out a fan or anyone and Mike Kyoto obviously I think sees that and he comes at the fan like he's like almost nose to nose with him and is like uh what the f is your problem <laughs> he says something after that I don't know if it's the b word or the p word or whatever but oh my god God, it's hilarious. I totally missed that back then. And then there's a cop or a security guard following them on the stairs. And he's, the dude literally like comes up and he's 
pointing, or the security guard or cop is pointing with his finger at that guy, telling him to sit down. So I think you could see it, like who he's talking to, because that guy's responding to it. But then again, he could be like, it wasn't me. Like, I don't know who you're talking to. He could be lying, obviously. But so I don't know exactly who threw it. But oh my God, I missed that. And I saw that just watching this today. And it was one of the funniest things I've seen because every Austin match was like this. It went in the crowd at this time. Like he couldn't wrestle inside the ring for a half hour. Like they always went into the crowd. And that was the first time I really saw something like that. It just made me laugh. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah he I was like, it. I take a all- seat, man. Sit down. <laughs> Point his finger right at his face. It's hilarious. By Kyoto, not not taking that. What the f is your problem? <laughs> like, maybe like red lips. You know, that's pretty sure that's what he said. But pretty sure. Too funny. Earl Hebner would have been like, "Hey, that's not nice." <laughs> that's not nice. Look at Earl. Come on. <laughs> Stop it. Leave Earl alone. <laughs> the coward alone. calling a draw. Come on. Oh man. But at the end of the day, all this stuff is happening. But the match has not officially started yet. Because <laughs> neither guy. The belt is not ring. It's hilarious. They haven't been in the ring at the same time. So <laughs> technically hasn't started yet. Eventually, Vince McMahon runs into the stands and tries to run through the concourse again like he did at the Rumble. And Michael Cole's like, remember? The remember the Rumble? Like, like it was 2017. Remember that? Remember the Rumble when oh, it was in San Antonio? Yeah. Yep. Cole was doing it again. Remember the Rumble when he did this and they got Austin and set up a trap for Austin? Yeah, we do. We remember. It was just last <laughs> month. You can't say Vince was feeding him that line. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. But Austin caught him this time. Didn't allow him to get to the concourse for the trap and brought him back to the ring eventually. Took a while, but they got there. There's so much happening, and this match hasn't started yet. (laughs) Eventually, they climb the side of the cage. They're both up there, and they're punching each other, and then Steve Austin bangs Vince McMahon's head (laughs) off the side of that cage, and Vince goes flying off into the air. And fell on the announce table. Taking a hell of a bump on the announce table. Because he hit the edge of it. <laughs> yeah. like Some of these bumps he's, he took at, at in this era. Like, he had some w- w- wicked whiplash after hitting that table. Like, he hit, his back hit the table, but his neck went snapping. It's like, what? <laughs> How does that happen, Vince? It did not look good at all. Like a hurt like hell. Mm. He bounced off of that damn table, fell through it. But one thing I noticed is that Vince is you know, Vince is selling it rightfully so. But why did the Spanish announcer sell too when he <laughs> when Vince hit the table? I he like slides that. off the chair like, Oh God, oh no. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, no. I miss that. <laughs> I don't know which one it was. He's wearing a red shirt and he like slides off oh, the you know chair what? I probably, and like selling. Yeah, I- I remember that from watching it live. I probably remember what you're talking about. But yeah, they always felt the need to sell everything. Every time something <laughs> happened, they sold it all the time. It's hilarious. You imagine watching the Spanish broadcast. You're like, what the hell, man? These dudes are selling now. Now we got no commentary. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Somebody got to talk. 
the hell is going on here? But <laughs> the paramedics come out to get Vince McMahon. They don't come to get the Spanish announcer because they don't care about him, apparently. Even though he was he was hurt, too. <laughs> According right. to his cell. He was big hurt. Yeah. But they come out to get Vince. Steve Austin's back in the ring. Howard Finkel's in the ring as well. And he's prepared to announce him as the winner. To announce Austin as the winner, I should say. But Austin literally said, no, that's BS. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I'm surprised they kept on the network. I'm surprised they didn't like edit that out. Yeah. But he met, brought up a good point. He said the match never technically started, so how the hell am I going to win? <laughs> then he asked, like, "Hey, you, is Vince still breathing?" He's like, and like <laughs> "Well, yeah, he's not dead. Like, to bring him back in here. <laughs> like, I'm gonna still finish off this can of whoop ass." And that's exactly what he did. They tried to wheel Vince out. Austin wasn't having it. Wheeled his ass back to the cage. And flipped them out of the gurney. <laughs> flipped them <laughs> out of the stretcher. Which brings me, makes me think about that time. When Braun Strowman was whooping <laughs> Roman Reigns' ass for like two hours straight on Raw. And was throwing the, the stretcher off of, of, of the, the, the parking garage. The the, uh, the, the loading dock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not finished with you! That <laughs> was a great... And, and that stretcher bounced into the air. <laughs> yeah, that was a great Raw moment. <laughs> my God, that was one of the that's one of my favorite raw moments of all time. I might watch that tonight. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Austin gets Vince back into the ring, and now the match officially starts. So you look on Wikipedia, you're like, this match is only seven minutes and twenty yeah. something seconds. It's like, yeah, not quite. The whole thing was well over twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, this uh, the. The action before the bell rang was probably longer than the actual match. Yeah, itself, that's probably true. So this was this was a segment with a match in it too. <laughs> Pretty much. So the match is officially started, and of course now Austin's beating the hell out of Vince McMahon. He almost he's about to leave. Austin's like, Alright, I'm done. But then Vince sits up and flips him the bird. <laughs> so that brings Austin back into the ring. Now he's really upset. He starts <laughs> Beating up Vince some more. But Vince somehow gets, fights back a little bit. But that doesn't last too long. Austin gets the better of, of him again. He's about to leave yet again. But Vince hits up. And gives him the double bird. Not just one, but two. Oh, that stings even more. Oh. Now Steve Austin is really, really mad this time. <laughs> and he goes back in the ring. And beats the hell out of him again. <laughs> and this time, hits him with a stunner. So now it's like exclamation point. I put some stank on it. Now I'm really ready to get out of here. Instead of leaving, though, Paul White, as Michael Cole said, comes up through the ring. And everybody's like, whoa, the giant is here. Because nobody knew who the hell Paul White was. Mm. Just the giant. He comes up through the ring. And starts beating the holy hell out of Steve Austin. So now it's like, man, you know, Steve Austin, he, he's for sure about to lose now because the Giants here and his, and his Levi and his Lee, Lee Jeans, Lee Dungarees, something like that. Well, by the way, Vince McMahon, why is he wearing jeans to like an athletic competition? He looks stupid. I guess uh, to make his upper body look bigger because if he was wearing sweatpants like or even shorts, like, like that's what, that's the only thing I could think of. He looked dumb. 
Big Show comes up with his shirt tucked into his jeans. Very late 90s look. Beats up Steve Austin. And eventually carries him like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then tosses him into the cage. But unfortunately for Vince McMahon, that cage breaks open. It gives way. (laughs) And Steve Austin falls to the ground, haplessly to the ground. Both feet touch the floor to win the match and clinch his spot at WrestleMania. Even in Big Show's debut in WWF, he did something wrong. (laughs) Mm. Messed it up. But yep, Steve Austin escapes, he wins, he's off to WrestleMania, and Wrestling Man is in the ring crying with the Big Show. And that is how (laughs) St. Valentine's Day Massacre goes off the air. That was a great main event. That was a great main event. It was. It was. It wasn't easy getting there. Mm. I think that, that crowd was probably like ah, vindicated after watching that because they were into that <laughs> for sure. Um, Paul White, I, I knew he was coming in. I, you know, it was on the internet back then. Yeah, I knew he had signed. Oh. I didn't know what he was going to come in as, and I actually knew that he was uh, smaller. Because he, he got liposuction. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was all talked oh, about. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was all talked about on uh, the internet. So uh, when he showed up, I was like, yes, vindicated. Like, take that, WCW. <laughs> Not knowing what the hell he was going to do. And then they announced him as Paul White. Uh, so I was like, okay, I wonder if that's going to stick. I guess they can't call him Giant. Because WCW trademarked that. No, that's not why, but... Um, yeah, that's my eight, eighth grade soul thought. So, yeah, I was happy to see him in, in there. I was like, ah, that the balance of power has shifted, like uh, Tony Khan, <laughs> like Tony Khan said. Even though the WWF was clearly in the driver's seat at that point, but yeah, I was a big fan of the final match, and uh, definitely not. Uh, I think it was the only St. Valentine's Day massacre because uh, I. I don't think like it would have been cool to have that this year because Valentine's Day falls on a Sunday, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think the PG era would <laughs> like yeah, that, and, like that know, name too much. But uh, had a lot of school shootings over the years and public right, shootings, right? And then you got the insurrection. I don't think a massacre would have been good. St. <laughs> Valentine's Day pay per view. St. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Hullabaloo or St. <laughs> Valentine's Day. That's an ECW uh, pay per view name. Like that's a that's a Paul Haven pay per view name. That Saint, Saint, yeah. St. <laughs> Valentine's Day Shindig. There you go. There you go. Well, do you actually do you know that there's a takeover this Sunday? I do know that. Oh, you did. I just found out today. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the bump uh, had a bunch of people on my best WWE's best show, and it's actually called Vengeance Day. Which is hilarious. Not just vengeance; it's Vengeance Day. So, I don't like it. <laughs> also, we told y'all what to do here in NXT. Y'all don't bring back these some of these terrible. Like, oh, vengeance isn't bad, but like, why bring back vengeance? And then call I, it. Vengeance I guess it's Day. funny because it's Valentine's Day, and so it's Vengeance Day. Like, it's play off that. It's got to be. Nah, we're not. I'm not buying it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Well, we're only, what, two or three months away from uh, 
Well, four months away from the Great American Bash again. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring back Slammerie. That'd be awesome. Slammerie would be dope. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to think, what else should they bring back for like the Slammerie would oh, be uh, great. Uh, like if they brought back the original logo with the uh, the cursive and everything. It's just so cool. I love it. Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm trying to think. What else? They could bring. What's a ECW one? They could bring back November to Remember, maybe. Nah, that's uh, a, a next, yeah. I don't know. If if they do Halloween Havoc in October, I think December to December would be cool. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> you can. We're not. You doing can that. wash away the filth of 2006. Mm. By Mm-mm. putting the NXT brand under that nope. and having them rewrite history for that nope. name. No. Holiday Hell is a good one. Holiday Hell? Yeah. That was an ECW name that WWF used actually in 95 or 96 for their tour. They call it the Holiday Hell Tour. And it's hilarious that I know that because Paul Heyman did like a promo on ECW uh just like a voiceover. It wasn't like him uh, in the ring with a mic or anything. He's like, uh, he says something about WWF stealing their holiday held name or something like that for their stupid tour. And it was hilarious. I was like, oh my God, like they did steal it. Those jerks. Because <laughs> ECW had an event named Holiday Hell. So that was funny. Holiday Hell is a cool one. It would have to be in December, though. So I don't know what you do would do with Starcade. Unless you, WWE made it a main a, a main roster event, but don't see that wow. happening because God it forbid be they get rid of TLC. Show. It could be a dope NXT show, oh. but I would get rid of TLC for Starcade. Get rid no, you know what I want. Give it a Survivor yeah. Series for Starcade. <laughs> Said it every time, but I just whatever. I'd rather get rid of TLC just because I I don't see them getting rid of their big baby. Changing the name of their big one of the big four pay per views, I just don't see it. It can go. I'm done. <laughs> Tradition be damned. It's, it's it's time. But let us wrap it up here for episode two seventy two, my good sir. All right. Could you take you, us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me at Nick Picone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter, and we are on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Shooters Radio, and you could also listen to this podcast and read uh, some summaries about it on phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com. Well, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can check me out on there or possibly check me out here in the streets as long as more people get vaccinated. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but of course, you can check out my writing at philadelphiaeagles.com. Uh, we got a lot of Black History Month content coming up. Uh, we post stuff every day. We got more coming out down the pike. Check us out there, philadelphiaeagles.com. Also, make sure to go to Patreon, patreon.com slash shootersradio. If you want us to talk about a show or a wrestling piece of content that you know you want us to talk about, go hit us up on Patreon and slot us a request, and we will fulfill that request. We've done a couple of Patreon requests in the last couple of weeks. This particular show was not a Patreon request. This is what we wanted to do. So it's still our show. We still decide some things around here. <laughs> but uh, but if you, you know, like I said, want to have a say in what we talk about, Hit us up. It, just, it could be our, our pay-per-view. It could be a particular episode of Raw or whatever, or it could be a movie. Uh, we're going to do a movie soon. We're going to do Beyond the Mat soon. 
the movie. So we're going to dive deep into all of that. But if it's a TV show or whatever, as long as it's wrestling related, hit us up, patreon.com slash radio, and we will fulfill your request. But until next time, for Nick Picone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 272 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch you all again next week. Peace.